Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is September 12, 2021. My name is Eric Peters and joining me today, Mr. Dan Curtis. All right, Moose Brain. I'm not Moose Brain. That's Mr. Tom <laughs> Reagan. That's me. I'm Moose Brain. Moose hey, Cop Moose Brain. How you doing? Reporting into this podcast here. <laughs> no, Tom, Tom, you are more intelligent, so I don't think you could have the intelligence level of a moose. <laughs> I heard the moose in Canada are real smart. They can fly helicopters. <laughs> oh, they're real smart. We've got a whole moose copter regime here. Oh, I thought I thought moose copter was made out of moose, not moose were piloting. Who do you think it. is flying it? <laughs> the people are bit? purely it's... the passengers. <laughs> it's moose flying moose. <laughs> yeah, they just hold on to the antlers. Do they fly planes yeah. as well? No, no, no. They haven't no. evolved to moose jet. Oh, okay. Come one step at a time. Jesus. Just got to Moose time. Copter. God. We just got there. Moose Un- Jet. <laughs> in like a Moose Jet one years. going down. We're hoping for Moose Shuttle if we put get some bit to get the funding right. <laughs> moose Jet Fox Three. Take him out. <laughs> would, it be, would it still be called <laughs> Would it still be called dog fighting? <laughs> yeah. Moose fighting. This moose is a, fighting. this is the way Call of Duty has not went yet. They just get moose instead of the normal people. Moose shuttle. I like it. First moose on the moon. Moose X. <laughs> get a space shuttle and put a really serious looking moose X logo on the side. Moose one cleared the tower. <laughs> And it is go, go, go. <laughs> level, temperature level is looking good. Moosen up. Moose flag, go. <laughs> Moosen up. Oh, God, <laughs> How is everybody? How are you guys? Doing well? Good. Good to hear. Good to see you. It's been All right, a while. Off, you, off we go. See you later. Bye. Okay, see you. Bye. Nice We've done our here. duty. Yeah, can't lie. You know what, Eric? I feel like booty. I feel like we ain't been on for a long time. It has been a while. Um, I got got to my computer today and I was like, how do I set this up again? (laughs) I kind of did the same thing. (laughs) Where's that cable? Which way does this one go? I don't know. I I never take mine apart. Well, we can't all be as fancy as you, Tom. I don't know if it's fancy or if it's laziness. (laughs) (laughs) Just shove it towards the back of the desk. Like, I'll use this in nine months. Yeah. But Dan, I will give you credit. You set it up. Not a single question to us. Well done. What? Oh, thank you. It's working and everything. Yeah, you were the one. <laughs> Dan's you were the brain one. couldn't quite compute the compliment. <laughs> what? It doesn't, huh? it doesn't feel right. I don't like it. <laughs> it's true. Slack me off, please. <laughs> you suck. Thank you. It's a, it actually has not even been a month. We have not been in a hiatus for more than a month. We're exactly right on time for this show. Oh, really? Saved. Saviors it's, of the shows. I think it's side quests that's been a while. Yes, we'll, we'll get back on the uh, train very soon. Side quest has been August 8th. Oh, well. That's not terrible. Side quest yeah. is qu- currently on a very long side quest. It is. Trying to find yeah, something yeah. else to talk about. One of the multi-layered so, ones that take a while to complete. You know, like say Final Fantasy XII's um, monster hunting thing. That takes a good few hours. Yeah. 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 
Or that you get told to go back to the town after finishing the side quest and it's at the other side of the map. And then when you get to the other side of the map and you hand it in, he's like, I forgot, I need six chill waters as well and five blazes. Would you mind popping out and grabbing them for me? And you think, oh, God, it's not the end, is it? It's not the end. It's That's not. What's and then in order to get each one of those, those people have a quest. And before you know it, it's this gigantic tree. And you're like, you know, I obviously don't know what the fuck I'm doing anymore. Yeah. See, this is why more games need, like, the Skyrim approach, where if you can't be asked to get somebody on a quest, you just foos road at them and, like, launch them into a wall or something. But not all games have this, and you have to do the quest. <laughs> just oh, kill that person. Well, that's the end of that quest. I like I'm needing four chill waters. Foos road. Ah! <laughs> you, sir, are going to go into this cart full of goats, small children, and cabbage. That's not the narrative. <laughs> Tom, can you Don't. remember years ago when Eric was going through his YouTube phase and he did that video compilation of Skyrim where he was Fus Rodar and everything and it was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> That's a good video. The this children old, were the only thing in the entire just, land uh, that were immune. woman kept coming up to him and uh, talking to him and then he kept Fus <laughs> No, I was sitting on a bench next to her and she kept hitting on me and I finally oh, yeah. got fed up. I was like, listen, I ain't just no piece of meat. I'm a very intellectual dragonborn. <laughs> oh, God. What other games do that? I believe it's been 10 that? years since that game came out. That is insane. insane. What did you say, Tom? What other games do that where you can just kill off a whole quest chain because you've murdered the person offering up the quest? I know Demon I mean, I Souls has it. If you kill fall, off, you can... Fallout? No. Fallout, yep. Oh, Fallout. I think that's about it. Anything Bethesda? Oh, I was thinking about... In Demon Souls, if you kill um, Thomas, whatever his name is, you just lose access to all your stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty bad. Can um, you kill the um, Can you kill the maiden as well? So she can't no. level up. No, she always comes back to life. Yeah. Does she? She's what a good test yeah. for uh, the strength of your new weapons. If you want to see the damage counter, yeah, she'll take it. Oh, hit me! So that the world might be mended. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we should probably get one serious thing out of the way first before we get into the absurdity that's sure to follow. Um, we do have one unfortunate announcement. Um, Mr. Mike Tyson has decided to uh, step away from the show for the time being. Um, had some personal stuff come up and he just needed to take some time to dedicate to that and uh, felt that he wouldn't be able to give to the show what he felt it needed. So um, we just wanted to make that announcement on the show because he put something out on Facebook. Um, it sucks. It definitely sucks. My, Mike brought a certain flair to the show that I don't think we're going to be able to replace. And, um, you know, like we told him, his his spot here is reserved for whenever he decides to come back if he wants to. But uh, just wanted to say thanks to Mike for the many years of loudness and ridiculous dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Tom's Tom's still chuckling at them now. Like, uh, yeah, I'm pretty good at about it to be honest. But it is what it is. And Mike needs that time away, and I hope he gets something out of it. And hopefully, he comes back because I will genuinely miss the dude. I genuinely will. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely uh, saddening news that Mike's decided to to depart. But um, and yeah, I think it will. It, 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 like. Eric said there will be a, a flair and a, a certain 
uh, uh, his his rich personality will definitely be missed on this on the show, and uh, also someone who's pretty good at organising stuff too. <laughs> yeah, but there'll be no bugger to fill in this document anymore. Yeah, what document? Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly so yeah. what document? Yeah, thank you, Mike, for all the awesome like you know times on the show. We'll go with the old cliche: it's not goodbye, it's see you later. And hopefully, yeah, we want we want you back. Want your back for good. Don't. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he's still a huge part of the Facebook group. Uh, can be reached out there, reached out to there. He's on Discord with us. So he's still a part of the show, um, kind of back as a listener for the time being. But uh, hopefully we can wrangle him back in at some point. But until then, we will carry the torch of stupidity forward because there's a lot of stupidity to carry. We do. We do. (laughs) And there's going to be a ton of it this week. We boys head to MoCon. (laughs) That's next weekend, right? Yeah. We leave Thursday. And uh, it's a doozy. We've got we've got a great crew of people coming with. I'm going to pull up the list of people that are actually attending here. In years past, it's been me and Zach and Ben. And then last year, or two years ago, it was me, Zach, Ben, James, uh, James Hall, um, Cody Halverson, uh, and Wilfredo Garcia. And then this year, I'm getting the list, getting the list, getting the list. Let's see who's in here. Members, we've got Zach, Jonathan Weaver. Chad Hager, uh, Jordan Lawfrey, James Hall, Cody Halverson, Ben Schrader, Matt Ernie, Jeremy Lucas, Ryan Richardson, and myself. Big crew of people going to be hitting up MoCon here this year. So we fly in on Thursday. Um, Funny story about that. I feel really bad. Jeremy Lucas booked his ticket for the wrong day after being adamant that he booked it for the correct day. And uh, I was collecting everybody's flight time so we could kind of organize when everybody was going to meet at the either the hotel or at the airport. And it didn't click with me. He just sent me a picture of his itinerary and I just saw the time. I didn't even bother looking at the date. I'm like, all right, cool. Logged it in. And then the next day he's like, I have made a terrible mistake because we were all planning like Thursday night festivities. We were going to land. We're going to go get beer, hang out at the hotel room, play video games, maybe hit up the arcade bar. And he's like, oh, shit. He's flying in Friday instead of Thursday, which still would have been fine. He would have been able to come to the show and all of that, but he would have missed out on Thursday night and then like most of the day of out scouring St. Louis for for uh, video games at the different stores. But the one thing that the one one of the good things that's come out of COVID is a lot of airline companies have decided to remove change fees. Well, not the airline he booked with. He booked, I think it was Alaska Airlines or something like that. And uh he booked the super saver fare and saved $22. And the caveat was this ain't refundable or changeable period. No ifs, ands or buts. So he tried to get it changed and they're like, Nope, sorry. You saved $22. We can't do anything for you. <laughs> oh no! So he's like, I'm going to call back again tomorrow. I don't know what that guy did. I don't know if he raised holy hell. I don't know if he made up some story about his, his grandma dying or, or something, but he called up. He's like, they made a one-time exception. Well done, sir. Damn. I think I think he went full Karen. I think he went full Karen. I want to speak to that there manager. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, must have. I think he was on Zoom with the Karen haircut and everything. <laughs> well, and we, we looked at like, 
what would it cost to just get a different flight? Like if it's 200 bucks or something like that, that's not bad. His flight that he had purchased had almost tripled in price. Like, ooh, not an option. Shit. But he's coming in on time, so Thursday well, night we're gonna we're gonna have a good time. Yeah, here's a question for you about Morcon, right? Yeah. Has anybody checked what Cody is booked for accommodation? We're all <laughs> staying at the same hotel. Okay. <laughs> and it's the one that Zach and Ben and I have routinely destroyed where we walk into the front office and they're just like, Oh god, these guys are back. That hasn't been condemned yet. Uh, they may have removed that couch <laughs> due to farts and pizza crease. <laughs> you guys need napkins for the pizza? No, nah, we got a couch. That uh, that hotel room at Lincoln is still a plague nexus to this day. Like, so <laughs> just put a bubble over it. <laughs> um, oh man! Something to note: Friday, we were originally going to be going to Chad's house to do our our Friday night party, but uh, something came up, so he had to cancel that. So instead, we are going to stay at the hotel room and we are going to do a video game stream with a bunch of us. Um, kind of a, a semi-casual, just hang out, play games, drink, have a good time. But also we're going to incorporate some video game challenges, kind of like we did at our big game stream that we did a few years ago. So we're going to team off and we're going to play a bunch of uh, random retro game challenges. And we're not going to have prizes and giveaways and stuff like that because that's a lot to organize. But just wanted to give everybody a heads up that at some point on Friday, you know, this this coming Friday, the 17th? Yeah, the 17th. We'll be doing some sort of game stream, probably to our Twitch, or maybe just, we'll probably just do it to the Facebook group, to be honest. Hmm. You know, I That's have cool. such fun memories of that night where we did the live stream. It Dude, was so I, fun. I can't that, wait till uh, we all get together and do it again. That's, really I, I think the favorite one of the loft for me was trying to play a Crash Bandicoot with the dance mat. <laughs> that was so hard. Oh it's so God. difficult. I forgot about that. But, but I really want to try it again. <laughs> was it the I original Crash Bandicoot? It. What's that? What, man? Was it the original Crash Bandicoot? It was OG Crash Bandicoot yeah. first level. Because oh. that was the only one that would actually work with the dance pad. <laughs> Should there have tried so, the, my, um, the slippery road level. That would have uh, been interesting. One of my favorite ones that we did was <laughs> was uh, the blindfolded Mario run. Oh, yeah. That was really when, good. When Mike didn't know how to jump. <laughs> he hit the opening Goomba like three times in a row. Or <laughs> the... Uh, jump, man? <laughs> how far can you make it in Mario 3 with just the joystick? How, how I enjoyed did we that do? One. How did we do with the blindfolding one, Eric? We did really well. I don't think we won that one, but we did. Who was blindfolded? You? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Yeah, in the time sense. like there's. Next time we get together and do it, we'll set aside just like an entire day to just fuck around with it because there's so many fun ones. Like, I really wanted to do something with Gran Turismo and the steering wheel, but have a drink incorporated in some fashion. (laughs) The drinking and driving. (laughs) You have to finish your drink before the end of the race. See, we, and you can had, only drink like, with one hand or just do with one hand. that live stream, we had a long time, but it went by in a crack because it, it was just so much going on all at once. I think if we did it again, we wouldn't do as many giveaways. That that ate into a bunch of the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we could do some. But uh, yeah, that was so fun. The Beat Saber stuff was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, putting um, putting um, Zach Foley on Beat Saber for the first time on Expert for his oh, first yeah. ever try. <laughs> Dude, Matt Ernie's was hilarious. Here you go, Matt. Expert. 
Have at it. <laughs> I think he hit three notes. <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to arrange to do all of that again. Um, hopefully, when I'm back in Wisconsin, which is kind of another development that is is beginning. Um, I'm in the process of looking at moving back to back to Wisconsin. Our our goal as of now is next summer. So uprooting your entire life is is gonna. I'm sure Tom can attest to this. Takes a while. <laughs> yeah, you know, just it's not something you just pull the plug on. You're like, ah, let's go. I get in the car. What so about you, them lovely windows, man? Are you putting yeah. the pause on any home improvements in your current house? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that the end of the DIY? I don't believe you. DIY. <laughs> I wanted to put an end to it a while ago, but since I was halfway through one project, they're just like. He's like, you gotta, you gotta finish the flooring, and then I ended up in the emergency room, and like, I told you, I wanted to stop. Yeah, but then you finished the floor, and then you ended up gutting and remodeling an entire bathroom, which has got nothing to do with the floor. It does because the floor went into the bathroom, mm. but it's a separate room. Yeah, but you want the flooring to be cohesive downstairs. I didn't want it to stop and be like, hey, there's some tile. Uh. Why? Because it looks shit, Dan. It's all about aesthetics and quality, and I wanted to gut the bathroom you and remodel have, You it. can have different flooring in different rooms and think that's allowed. Yeah, but that wasn't my vision. It wasn't my artistic vision for the house. <laughs> oh, yeah. fuck off with your artistic vision. <laughs> I had to tell the original designers that their artistic vision with the tiles sucked. Dan, I see that Amer- that little flag there. I just noticed that. <laughs> I what, got, what flag? I, uh, I gave away a location of one of the British flags in one of Eric's PS3 games. Did you? Very recently. Very recently, yes. And it was there. (laughs) Yeah. And Eric's like, how did you remember? I was like, I don't know, dude. My memory is ridiculous on certain things. Have you not found the one inside Kingdom Hearts yet? I'm going to kill you. I will actually come over there and put something... I used the uh, pointy end of the flag to open up Kingdom Hearts and then I just opened the case a tiny crack and slid it inside is that yeah I was going to say is that the one where you opened it just this ever is so the slightly exact one. so it didn't look I brought like, it yeah. home with me <laughs> can't believe you did that is that hang tight PS2? I'm going to go check <laughs> is it the PS2 coffee you're right yeah. So, yeah I think it is yeah there's no way that you really, that really rare one that's graded and they're all wrapped up and stuff yeah yeah, the one that anymore. a long time ago you gave me shit for because it was actually not even worth what I paid for it, which is now worth like five times what I paid for it. So yes, uh, you'll never sell it. Go out on some broad, Dan. You'll Are never they... sell it, yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts sealed, two hundred and fifty-one dollars right now. Yeah, complete box isn't sealed. Nine. But would it be more like one eighty because of the the slot, the tiny slit at the side where the flag is? No, it'd be worth nine dollars at that point. Really? It's worth $9, my friend. Sorry. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm sorry you're going to get killed. (laughs) Oh, my God. Have you guys seen the stupid prices of games lately? Yes. Yeah, what is going on with this? Somebody explain it to me because I don't get it. So, I think what happened... Tom, do you want to take a stab at this first? I think Mm. you have an opinion on it. Well, my experience was first with i bought a 3ds dan i bought a two well i bought a 2ds xl and i paid about 50 dollars more than what they are loose normally um and then that was somewhat attributed to things like uh the last physical based handheld system people collecting for the 3ds 
Uh, Samus Returns being a game that people slept on, uh, and with the announcement of Metroid Dread and the hype for Sam- more Samus shit. I don't know. Th- there's a lot of things in that regard as to why prices have risen. But then the other side of things was um, this kind of like, d- did you guys see the auction for Super Mario Bros. on the NES, a sealed copy sold for like $2 million or something? Yes. It was something that insane. And it was kind of problematic uh, for, for other reasons. But basically... Because it sold so much, because it, because it was such a record auction price, it hit like not just gaming news, but like some national newspapers. And so, who's reading national newspapers? Well, it's, it's older older people, and they're looking at video games and they're like, "Huh, these things are like worth some money." Like maybe some of the stuff that we've got upstairs from our kids who've grown up now, who've grown up through the eighties maybe that's worth a bit more so like people are going to garage sales and like people are a little bit more savvy to prices and therefore it's one possible reason why prices are slowly being uh elevated up across all platforms like retro stuff i mean um i don't know and maybe it's just the reach for like physical stuff as digital still continues to be like at the forefront of everything you know i i think that's what I've deduced from this anyways. So what's um, the crack with the grading thing? So yeah, to, that's that's where I wanted to start with this. That's all been completely corrupt because the the, yep. the companies that are involved in that are all interconnected. So the people who are selling the games are connected to the people who are buying the games so they are artificially inflating the price because when it sells for that it increases people's interest in wanting to get their games graded so then they send it in and it co- it's it flat out costs like 80 dollars a game just to get it graded That's, that yep. doesn't even include the auction fee and then when you sell it you lose like what 30 percent of it yeah so it's what's ridiculous is i was talking to one of the the owners of the the store that i i shop at down here about this and he had a sealed super mario 64 he's like sure we'll we'll send this in and, and get it graded because this one just sold for 1.2 million dollars or something ridiculous and they were looking on the site and talking to the the auction guy and they said yep all seven or eight of these have sold for twenty thousand dollars recently so you should probably go for about that like yeah you know what we paid like two grand for it knowing it'd be an investment turned around and it only sold for eight so mm. it was the exact same grading, exact same rating as other ones that had just sold for 20, 30 grand. And it, it's shit like that because the people, I don't remember exactly the guy's name, but the same type of shit happened with collectibles in the 80s with this same guy and these same companies where mm. it's just an artificially inflated market, which ties in a little bit to why retro games as a whole are expensive. And that has to do a lot with COVID and Suddenly, people have an influx in time, and games are a great way to pass time. We know that. But people then needed a way to make some money and discovered, oh, I could sell my old games. And then with it was just kind of this perfect storm of seeing all of this shit happen, where all of a sudden these, these graded games were getting sold for so much money. So there was this artificial con, uh, conception that games were worth more than they really were. So people were selling them for 
much higher than they should have been. People who don't necessarily know the market were getting into it and going, oh, that's a, I, I guess that's a normal price. I didn't realize yeah. how much games had gone up. So once that took hold and you had people entering the market who hadn't been in the market for so long, suddenly paying these prices, you now have a base standard of saying, oh, okay, these games will sell for that, which is why the the game app that I use called GameEye is ridiculous. I don't believe for one second that my my collection has gone from $17,000 to $37,000 in value in six months. I don't believe it for a second. It's completely artificial. And some of the games have jumped from, just like we were talking about Kingdom Hearts, jumped from being worth $45 to 251 in three months. That's mental. It's yeah. it's it's absolutely ridiculous. The It's like, for example, uh, obviously this show is about the misadventures of Tron Bon, right? So when it came to playing this, I had a look on CEX over here, which is kind of just a secondhand shop over here, Eric, where they sell things yep. on. Um, I'm familiar with the ga- sex. That game is game. currently selling for £160. That's insane. They buy yeah. it for cash for £104. Which is... <sighs> And then they've got a mint edition of it, which is selling for 175. Here in the states, complete in box 550. Yeah, 500 dollar game. Which at MoCon <laughs> a few years ago, I saw a copy for like 220. Like 300 was the upper threshold. So the silver lining in all of this is that this bubble will burst. It will not last. Which is. It sucks for the people who are just trying to make a quick buck on everything, but it's great for the people who actually care about the the industry and actually truly collecting because true collectors, it's not going to affect them. The only thing it does is it limits our ability to actually purchase new stuff in the interim and in the time being. Mm-hmm. Um, it's extremely unfortunately timed with, with going to a place like MoCon where we like to buy stuff. There's I'm not looking forward to not only this artificial price increase, but also the con price increase on stuff too. Yeah. Um, I I don't have high hopes that we'll come out with a ton of stuff. I mean, we're still going to spend some money and buy some games, but it's not going to be anything like it was in the past. It's just sad, but yeah, it's like, I just, I just, uh, I just put a link to uh, a copy of the misadventures of trombone on, on eBay. And you're starting to see these, uh, the yeah, the water graded um, uh, games where they're like, yeah, they've sent them off to get get the grading, and that's hugely, like you say, artificially inflated this price, right? Well, so it's like who, $6, who is it who's doing this grading? So that's the other thing; it is completely subjective. Yeah, I know. yes, like, they I, say could they I get have... one of my games and say, right, this is worth a grand. Well, yeah. look at like I think Stephanie posted it where she had a copy of of. Uh, Link's Awakening on Switch still sealed and posted a picture of somebody who had a water graded Link's Awakening, which you can still buy brand new in the store sealed. And it was graded and listed at $220. It's like, what? okay, here's a, here, here's a $60 game. Yeah. And you paid $80 to have it graded that you know, your investment is now $140. Is that work really worth making 80 bucks? Yeah, there are much faster ways to make eighty dollars. <laughs> some of which involve an alley and a knife and some <laughs> kidneys. 
uh, yeah, no, I, I'm glad you touched on the the grading stuff. That was that was what I'd, what I'd missed um, because yeah, on the on the videos and articles um, that I'd come across online, it was the grading stuff that really suddenly was taking off because we've seen it, we've seen it before with like baseball cards and Pokemon cards and stuff, where like the difference between um, having your cards valued by some subjective company and just trying to sell your card as is is like astronomical um it's crazy that isn't it it's absolutely mental it used to lend an air of authenticity to it and i think what happened with wada games now is that they've completely destroyed their reputation um or their legitimacy for what they're doing because when you have a jump from a game that sold for $35,000, which I think was the previous record for most expensive video game ever sold, and then it went up to 100k, that's an okay jump. But to then go from 100k to 2.2 million, it's ridiculous. There and I think that's what set off all the red flags for everybody who was like, "Wait a minute. This isn't right. Let's dig into this." And yeah, got greedy. Don't get your games graded, people. Come on. Yeah. You know, it, it used to be like with baseball cards. It's like, this is authentic. This is truly signed where they would look at a known signature of this athlete and compare it and be like, this is genuine. Or if you had a picture of you having that person sign it and, and could verify it that way, like authenticity is shot at this point because now you have these companies just like, oh, yeah, we're going to slap a 9.4 on that. But this one's going to be a 6.5. It's just it's completely subjective. Going back to that Stephanie thing, like somebody grading a brand new game essentially which has been out for like a year and you can still buy sealed is just ridiculous yeah and I how, how can you see a game that you can currently buy still in the shops for retail price is graded at being 220 dollars it's just mad you know there, there's always going yeah. to be stupid people who are willing to pay that money and until those people Andy take their two brain right cells now. And rub them together and have a thought of, well, maybe I shouldn't do this because this is having a negative impact on everybody else. Mm. And I, I get that mindset of, hey, you know what? If you can make the money, do it. Like, But that's such a shitty way to approach things. Just because mm-hmm. you can scam somebody out of money doesn't mean that you should. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. If you're taking advantage of this and you're trying to sell things for way more than they're worth, sure, you're taking advantage of the market but you're also damaging the market at the same time. Yeah. And yeah, eventually it's yeah. going to collapse, and the people who don't give a flying shit about it are going to exit the market and go, okay, what's next? Yep. Pokemon cards again, lads. Bring them back. For example, the one thing that pissed me off, and, and <laughs> there's a shop here locally that I just, I very rarely go to because they aren't owned by people who really care about gaming it's a a, an older foreign couple who came to the the valley and said oh we could make some money doing this and they opened up three or four shops granted they're really good but their prices are always way too high even before this artificial increase they were way too high Um, i've been looking for just the disc for the game boy player i have the player just need the disc notoriously difficult to find complete with the disc they go for about 140 on their shelf, in their rare case, they had the player and the disc, $250. No. So I asked the guy, I'm like, why is that $250 when price charting and literally everywhere else on the internet says 140 160 max, 175 if you have it still sealed in the original packaging? 
no way is this worth 250 and he goes well what are you using like, price charting we're like 90 percent of everybody values their video games off of oh well, we use ebay like Oh, really? Okay. So I pulled up eBay in front of him and went to completed listings. 140, 140, 150, 175. Like, <sighs> I will pay you 175 for this right now. And he goes, well, that'd be a manager decision. Like, dude, all of your prices are insanely overpriced. And it's just because the standard Joe Schmo who wants to get into gaming, who has a little bit of extra cash and doesn't have a personal investment in it, might come in and buy that. Be like, oh man, I had one of those when I was a kid. I can't believe they're that expensive. Good thing I have a good paying job now. I can buy that again. Mm. And it's that mindset. Or he could have sold it then and there and still burned some dollars on it. Exactly. And that's why me being in sales, I take that approach. Like, I'd rather have some genuine, honest sales and keep customers coming back than be like, I'm waiting for that big old whale to come in so I can (laughs) eat for the next week and a half. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I, I feel that. I think he was, um, didn't we find a Game Boy di- player disc in Toronto when you were here? It was like 50 bucks. The disc alone was $80 and I passed on it. I'm like, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> was it 80 Canadian? Yeah, which would have only been like 50 US. Yeah, yeah, 63. Stupid. Damn. Really dumb, which is, that is that is one of the top things on my list for MoCon this year. I don't think I'm going to be able to find just somebody selling just the disc. I think that's going to be difficult. Yeah. But regardless, I'm still I'm still really excited for it. Um, even if we don't come out of it spending absolute gobs of cash as as we typically intend to, still just a weekend to get out and, and not only just hang out and talk about video games, but just to meet some more people within the community. I always love those events where we get to finally meet more people that have been a part of the show for a long time. Um, one of the guys coming, Ryan Richardson, is actually really new to the show. Uh, so mm. it, it's super excited to meet him as well. He lives locally in St. Louis. Yeah, um, I can't remember seeing Ryan about. Um, I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's, he's super active on it. But uh, but you're but you're 100 right though, Eric. Like when we were in Arizona, um, one of the best nights was when we went to that arcade bar and we met oh, met some yeah. of our fans when we went out for lunch with some as well. That was yep. so cool and yep. s- mm-hmm. very very surreal as well. Yeah, it's <laughs> it felt like man, these people listen to us. Yeah, it it's because cool. it's kind of like. The, everybody knows us but we don't know them so it's right. kind of like it's like to it's, kind of it's, turn it's that around I, I enjoy it yeah so it's cool definitely it's cool. definitely looking forward to that and you know seeing seeing the the regulars again that we've seen before um meeting new people but uh i was just looking over my list of mocon stuff I'm like there's no way in hell i'm getting even a quarter of this stuff <laughs> yeah but i have i have picked up some recent stuff lately um after the Saints Row announcement of the Saints Row uh, reboot, which, by the way, that's opening cinematic. I'm, I understand that's not gameplay, but I'm, I'm all in. I'm ready for another Saints Row. Um, it doesn't I went look out. as mad as they used to, though. Well, I don't know. I really, know I really, really like the developer's response to that. Because if you look at this, I, I haven't played through all of Saints Row 4. I've, I've played a little bit of Gad Out of Hell. But they've tapped everything that you can do. Like, you became king of the cosmos. You went to hell and defeated Satan. Like, they've done <gasps> everything. I know. I said this at the end of um, Saints Row 4. I was like, where did they go from here? Because and they went to hell. Saints Row 4 was a really strange game because obviously they implemented superpowers into it. So, 
And then, but then you could still drive around in cars. I'm like, why would I bother driving a car around when I could literally jump as high as three buildings and then fly over the map in two yeah. seconds? Didn't it's you like, play the president in that game? Yes, you yep. were the president yeah. of the United States. And at the start, <laughs> uh, the aliens came and took over the White House. And then yes. you have to go into space and defeat the aliens. Let us not forget that this game started out as a Grand Theft Auto clone. Yeah, so, you were a gangster. <laughs> I wanted to re-experience the original Saints Row, so I went out and found a copy of that on 360. Oh, I uh, love that game. Relatively easy to find. And then I wanted to get Saints Row 2 because I remember all the, the fun you and I had with that. That game was extremely difficult to find for some reason. Nine bucks, just couldn't find it anywhere. That, so, I loved those first two games. I know you guys were more into the third and fourth or at least the third. You guys played the third a lot together. Oh, we played so much of the third. We did. We got yeah. some hilarious videos from Saints Row the Third. Those are so <laughs> funny. Uh, we also had a hilarious one where we had the, I think we had the cheats on on Saints Row 2 and we had the pimp slap weapon. Oh, and yeah, if, yeah. If you pimp slapped somebody with it, they literally flew over the map. It was absolutely oh, hilarious. Oh, my God, the pimp slap. It was <laughs> so much fun. sandbox game. They, they, it's it such was, a great game, but the developer's yeah. response to it was, listen, we hear listen. what you're saying, but we ain't backing down. Well, yeah, they're too far into it now. It's coming out next year, so they can't well, stop it now. I think that, that that's an admirable thing for a developer to say because we've kind of entered this, we've entered this era where if the general public or the perceived public doesn't like something, they will pressure change. And this developer is like, no, I, I, I know that you might not like this. However, we're, stick, we're sticking to our guns on this one. And it is a little bit more of a gritty reboot, but I think it's still going to have quite a level of absurdity to it. I hope so, because that's what it's about for me now. But uh, again, Eric, that's yeah. a double-edged sword from that, because if the public expresses dissatisfaction with something and then they release it, is that not in turn going to affect their sales and potentially down the line cost them a lot of money? So... Yeah, it's a thin line to toe on that one. And I like what they're doing because what they showed was great. What they showed was absolutely great. And I think people just really wanted something... they, They were expecting something different. But, you know, they may address that in other ways throughout the game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, it's early days. We've only seen brief gameplay synopsis. So I'm I'm all it's in. probably it's I probably mean, not going to be one I'm going to pick up straight away. But oh, I will. Day I'm one. To, Day and date. Because <laughs> next year, next year is looking stacked already. Jesus Christ, is it ever? Oh, my God. Just from PlayStation next year, we've got Horizon sequel, New God of War. Gran Turismo 7, and God knows what else coming. Elden Ring kicks off in January. Yeah, Elden Ring in January as well, yeah. Just too much. Uh, there's one other game I picked up that I wanted to see if you guys knew anything about. Have you ever heard of the um, survival horror? Uh, I think it's, it, it's like a kind of a cult classic, really shit game called Deadly Premonition. Yes, I've heard of this. They did I a director's do. cut, didn't they? Yeah, it just recently came out for Switch again. I haven't had a chance to play it, but I saw it and it was really, really reasonably priced and went, I have never seen that on the shelf before. Must have it. Um, reading about it, it sounds absolutely ridiculously stupid, but everyone who's really behind it, they're like, yeah, if you can get over how shit the game controls 
and kind of some of the mechanics of it and the the, the really cheesy voice acting. It's a ton of fun. It's kind of you an open get, world horror game. I get this one confused. I always get mm. this one confused with Fahrenheit and um, Fahrenheit and what's it called? Indigo Prophecy. I always thought I, I always get them mixed together somehow. I don't oh, know interesting. why. But it sounds like it's kind of in that vein of Indigo Prophecy, kind of mental. You know, yeah, just I, lot, lots of crazy stuff going on. I don't know if I ever will really actually play it, but it was one of those where I saw it. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta have this because it's one of those cult classics. Yeah, that's fair. There's a there's a sequel on Switch that came out last month or two months ago. Really? Oh yeah, it got slated, didn't it? Yes, it did not get good reviews. <laughs> well, the first uh, game didn't get good reviews either. <laughs> so how did it get uh, a sequel? <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah, Deadly Premonition 2, A Blessing in Disguise, Open mm, World, open not world really. Horror. <laughs> <laughs> um, same developer, I think. They're, oh, it's a British video game publisher. Interesting. Um yeah looks it looks very um uh late ps2 early ps3 <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well it is i got Excellent. it on 360 oh i mean the sequel oh dear <laughs> yeah I, th- I don't i don't think um we're gonna probably get too much into the playstation showcase this week because it's more kind of a side quest thing but uh, mm-hmm. for me one of the best announcements of that show is the fact that they're remaking knights of the old republic yeah, that counts as retro. So, oh <laughs> man, I think we're gonna have to slate that for the show next year. Set aside two months. Oh my! You God. know what? I've, yes. I, I've ne- I don't think I've ever actually played through oh. the first one. I had the second one, and I've played through it about ten times because it's different every time. It's, it's got so, so much depth. Good. The first one holds a really special place for me because I was in high school working uh, at a, a store like a store called Shopco. They're kind of a Midwestern chain. They were that bridge between Walmart and Target, which, you know, Target is where you go if you don't want to shop at Walmart. Shopco is where you go if you don't want to shop at Walmart, but you can't quite afford Target. What about so, Kmart? Where does that sit? Kmart's like right, just I would say they're like a couple steps above. Got so it. it'd be like Walmart, Kmart, Shopco, Target. That would be Got that it. would be my ranking of those department stores. But uh, I was working there as a just unloading trucks and stocking shelves. And that's just like a really shitty place for quite a while. And I got paid and went, I need something to remind me why I'm working. So I went over to the game section like, I can't really afford this right now, but I'm going to buy this game because I like Star Wars. Heard some good stuff about it. Bought it. Played the ever loving hell out of it. And it was just one of those moments like sometimes you just need to treat yourself. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. Yeah, you do. Especially when, yeah, you want to, I get it. I get it. You want to see the fruits of your labor. <laughs> right. And um, love that game. Every minute of that game was phenomenal. I, and I'm, I feel terrible that I've not finished it, but I, I played, I played a lot of the first one. It's quite, it's quite long. They're very um, long. Especially if you want to do all the extra stuff. But it, and going back to it, I actually went back to it relatively recently, like maybe six to 12 months ago. And graphically, obviously, it needs a bit of it needs a bit of work, but the game is still very solid. So, if they to, to remaster that, I think it's going to be really, really awesome. Everyone loves those yeah. old Bioware. Rumor games. has it though that this is a remake, not a remaster. So God knows if they're going to keep that kind of oh, tabletop okay. cam- combat system and stuff, they might get something a bit more real time. I hope they do. That that was what was really 
good about that combat system. I thought I thought it was good. I don't know what you guys thought. It was it was at the time, but I imagine it's quite clunky now. Like yeah, apparently yeah, yeah. you had to do like stupid interactions just to open doors and stuff like that. I think you had to select yeah, different things. Look on- at, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah look at did. the success of Divinity Original Sin. That's still technically behind yep. the scenes D and D dice rolling. It's basically D and D in every way. It's just it's D and D with glitz. Yeah. I'm just I'm just <laughs> thinking for the modern market. I, if I know they might change it, but oh, if they uh, if they updated it to be more like Force Unleashed in its combat or not Force Unleashed, I, see, um, I've said this fallen, for years. If over. they made Knights of the Old Republic three with Force Unleashed or Jedi Fallen Order combat, I'd be all in because <laughs> yeah. it would be flipping brilliant. <laughs> uh, at the same time, I did it really enjoy them back in the day. Oh, Tom's just emerging a Lego Star Wars box. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you right. just had that sitting there. <laughs> I got. You're not building yet. <laughs> no, not yet. I got another one. I got an, the Imperial Probe Droid one. Have you guys seen oh, that nice. one? Nice. It's no. like a. It's a. It's more a display modelly kind of one. But um, I'm quite excited to put that together. To be honest with you. Sorry, you know I, my... I figured it was a Star Wars relevant thing to talk about. <laughs> Do you know what my favourite thing about Knights of the Republic was? Being a Sith. It was so fun. Like, yeah, that I don't game know if made this it was true. Evil. I don't know if it was true on the first one, but on the second one, when you're a Sith, you could upgrade Force Lightning and you could fry about five people at once, and it was brilliant. Oh, man. Whereas the Jedi just get, like, shit healing powers. I was like, no. I think I decided to be good on that one. I, mean, I, I think did, most I games always do, I always play I always through. do a good playthrough first and yep. then go evil the second, and then I discovered that evil was much better because then you can corrupt your companions and stuff as well, which oh. is super cool. And then they all they all start looking all Sithy and stuff. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Shit. I mean, do we have we have a date for that, do we? No. No, they literally showed the teaser trailer and that was it, so that's God. probably quite far off. That's probably 23 or 24 at least. I'll say, I'll say 23 conservatively, but it could be 24, you're right. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, but I am excited. I hope it's yeah. good. Oh yeah. Is there any other gaming news? Um, Alan Alan Tax Break has got a remaster. Oh yeah. Oh, the Alan remake. <laughs> yeah. The cheesecake himself returns. You didn't like my Alan remake joke, Dan? Because it should be Alan rewake. Come on. No, because the joke is that it rhymes with it, and remake rhymes with wake. Yeah, but it's he's called joke. Alan Wake, so rewake. You you made a mistake. Yeah, but Alan doesn't wake up, and he does wake up a couple times. But he's that's not getting about his as dumb as the batteries anymore, though. That's about no. that is about as dumb as as Red Faction remastered. I still want to play that. It's so fun. <laughs> I. I need to play that. I have, have you played as... Red Faction Guerrilla ever? Yeah, yeah. Only... The remastered is really cool. Yeah, I actually thought that um, Red Faction Guerrilla was a really good game. It was. It just got um... overshadowed by GTA Four. <laughs> yeah, like Mad Max still was overshadowed by Metal Gear Solid Five. Mad Max is such a good game. Yeah, it's a very good game, dude. Very good. I game. love Mad Max so much. Mad Max. Uh, yeah, Dan, they don't have Energizer batteries in there anymore, which is probably for the better. Or Verizon advertisers. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I can't remember. I think one of you said this, but because I might have read it in a, uh, the news article or something, it made no sense having the Energizer batteries in the game as product placement because they run out all the time straight they away. Do. Yeah, I'd quoted it from the article. It was from, yeah. it was from that article. 
Well, that was right around the time where all video games were advertising real world stuff like very, very blatantly. Burnout Paradise had uh, ads for Obama and his campaign in there in 2008. Yeah. Did it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's like, I just want to play a video game. Leave my leave politics out of this. <laughs> I think really between shores, we've also got our first look at Dead Space being remade. We did. Oh. Yeah. It looks like shiny Dead Space, basically. I'll play it. <laughs> I, mean, I have yeah. no desire to play uh, Alan Beefcake again, but I will play Dead Space again. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, I'll play as excited as I am to see Alan Wake come to a PlayStation console, nah, I, I don't need to play any more of it. Nah, I, I like... It was all right. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Tom, uh, Tom, have you played the DLC for Control where he pops up? Um, No, I actually haven't. I didn't get around to playing the DLC. Um... But I'd heard that, I remember when I was playing, I, I swear that Alan Wake was mentioned in the base game. He was. There's some references to him in like different documentation all, you can pick yeah, up. Yeah, and I read all the stuff in that game because it was great. All the notes were fun to pick up and go through. That's so, one of the only games reading. where I've read all the text logs. Because yeah. it's such an interesting world. Yeah. it's it's You never really know what's going on until the very end. And even then I had to do some further reading. I came this close to cracking the seal on mine and 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 playing the ultimate edition, but mate, you've got it on PS Plus. So does one of the DLCs go oh, more yeah. into that then, Dan? Into Alan Wake? Uh, yes, it's actually all about Alan Wake. Oh man! So you know, kind of on the game when people pop up and the kind of projected onto the screen kind yes. of thing, but it's like yes. Alan Wake talking. Oh. And I think I think it's directly leading into a potential Control sequel, Alan Wake sequel. Oh my god! Is it the foundation? Is that the name of the DLC? I think that's the one. Yeah, it's one of the two. The groundation. I th- actually, it might not be the the groundations. Maybe it's a different one. No, I don't think it's the foundation. Mm. Maybe it's this. That's the first expansion. But uh, if anybody, if anybody hasn't played Control yet, I think you should play Control because that game is really good. Mm, it, it is fantastic. Peterson, I am looking at you. Also, I'm looking at you for Ghost of Tsushima on per- behalf of Michael because he's obsessed with trying to get you to play that, and I agree. I almost broke on that. I I installed Ghost of Tsushima, and I went to purchase the update, uh, the upgrade to PS5. It was right at the tail end of my data cycle, and it was like a 90 gig download. went, I don't have enough for this right now, so put it on the back burner. Mm. And then I bought Psychonauts 2. And... Um. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. There's, is- there's nothing I can say to you that will prepare you for how fucking awesome that game is. I didn't... I mean, I was excited for it. I was afraid it was just going to be more of Psychonauts 1. No. I've but it's watching- all of the best parts of Psychonaut 1 with a bunch of new, really interesting concepts and ideas. And it's really fleshed out at this point where... It's not just quick, like, rapid fire. Go into this brain, go into this brain, go into this brain. There's a huge overarching story to it where you're interacting with a lot more people. There's a lot more conversation. There's several open world hubs to explore. You can kind of tackle things in the way in which you want to tackle them. Mm. They touch on some really difficult subjects in a very humorous manner. So it is well deserving of every penny. It just irritates me that I had to pay $60 for a digital game. Ugh. I get it. Yeah, I get, I get that. But I was, uh, 
it's really got some good reviews actually and it's people seem to be saying lots of good things about it it's kind of i feel like it's still going to be like the original a bit of a cult classic where not a lot of people will play it but it has reviewed yeah. very well which is and i think game pass will help i i think that they did a little bit of a disservice by not doing a mass physical release yeah and just pushing a bit but putting a bit more marketing behind it right as well it wasn't really made a huge song and dance over mm. i know they had the vr thing to like try and get people ready but like i still feel like the most people haven't played psychonauts one i mean i'd never even heard of it when we played it for the show really no, I, no it didn't come i, I don't d- think it even came uh, out in the in europe this is this is such a stellar platforming game that it, like if you love xbox mm. ps2 era platforming this is that but mm. done exceptionally well and it's got all the polish and flair that you expect of a modern game i was kind of going into it thinking well this is like a, what was it indiegogo or something like that where it was launched on and then they hit all these different uh. milestones I'm like okay i mean this is another kickstarter style game or something like that and yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be good but like <laughs> mighty number nine you know where it's like we're gonna promise all this stuff but hey we're a small team and then they got acquired by microsoft and boom now suddenly they've got they've got all these these resources and this funding and it is a full-blown triple a title that deserves every minute of attention i can't sing its praises i can't sing its praises high enough it's dan dan you like to collect things right yes (laughs) oh buddy let me tell you about the stuff to collect in psychonauts it's oh now you're talking my language sir i'm getting all tingly oh there's things to there's you still have the figments but now you have pieces of brain you still have the luggage tags um there's a, a an entire scavenger hunt that spans the entire breadth of the game psi cards um psi upgrade cores you can upgrade your individual powers at this point you can add modifications to them dude there's so much to do so much to do yeah i got too I, much to do and apparently it's really been, long <laughs> i've only been watching someone play it like in into like every now and again someone i know is playing it on twitch and i'll jump in and just watch like 10 minutes and i'm like yeah this game looks gorgeous and it has all the classic stuff from the previous one like they've built on like eric said like the clairvoyance where you can jump into people's brains and listen to their conversation and stuff and mm-hmm. and see things from other people's perspective always going to be interesting that kind of thing um and you know and what? it's still got the funny writing it's still got the yeah. hilarious. hilarious writing yeah double fine is kind of an underrated developer in my opinion like i thought brutal legend if they'd done that right without the kind of strategy defense in it as well i think that would have been a true hit if because it was awesome until it got to that point and that was like the last half of the game wasn't it i'd heard about uh, this i'd heard that it's an amazing up until the halfway well they landed jack black as the lead character so (laughs) i mean they threw some money at this yeah it was brilliant it had such a good metal soundtrack you could like an open world to explore and you got a car and it was just it was brilliantly realized and like i'm sure ozzy osbourne was in it <laughs> Jeez. probably it's some kind Unless- of like vampire god or something but it's just Unless- such wasted potential on that game let's not forget about gang beasts as well <laughs> they they do that? double fine yeah yeah, yeah. Did they? I, I didn't know that was them 
I I want to just confirm because I don't want to I don't want to get that wrong. Uh, yeah, published by Double Fine. He also made that um, what's it called with the skeleton in the adventure game? Grim Fandango, the one. Grim you Fandango, really like. the one isn't that the one that you watched on YouTube? No, that was the other one. Oh, Full Throttle. Yes. So, uh, uh, well, I okay. Actually, so double, I actually double didn't fine, mind Grim Fandango. Double Fine published uh, Gang Beasts from 2017 to 2020 and then I think they must uh, handed over the reins to another company it didn't get reviewed very well Gang Beast so I think it's bloody hilarious it is very it is. funny <laughs> but, did you ever try the VR Psychonauts Eric? I did Rhombus of Ruin it takes place mm-hmm. in the immediate time between 1 and 2 because 2, two picks pick up, up straight away picks up straight well. away so as they're flying that's where Rhombus of Ruin takes place. Isn't that mad how long it's taken between games and there's just that kind of tiny time gap? Yeah. It's just crazy. Um, by the, well, by the way, I was, was going to... I was just going to say, it's just to confirm, it was the second expansion, AWE, for the Alan Wake stuff with Control. Yes, that one. Yeah, That was the one, yeah. Um, I was going to say, so over the past few weeks, I picked up the Metro Collection on uh, PlayStation yeah, 4. Yes, cool. And uh, wow, I really got into that series. I've just finished Exodus, so I've played through all three uh, pretty much back to back. And nice. But let me tell you, Exodus is by far the best of the three, but what a world and what a game. I feel like it, it's got three games, but I don't think it's got much recognition. You and know what, Dan? Next thing up for you, next time you're on vacation, get read the books. Yeah. I've got it. I'm actually reading it right oh, now. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. I'm yeah. I, I'll be honest, I'm kind of finding it a bit of a slog. No, yeah, I, I, of course. Because it, it's yeah. very, very waffly and very, very wordy. It's very involved and descriptive, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's, <laughs> it takes him about 10 minutes to get down a tunnel. I'm like, how are you, John? Will you just crack on, man? In the game by now, you'd have killed about 10 things. How are man? Pick up your pace, man. <laughs> well, wasn't it written in Russian and then translated? Yeah, so I think a, a little bit may have been lost in translation or something. But or the Russians like really big descriptions of everything. Yeah. Oh, I'm but, really glad you enjoyed that. I I actually haven't played the whole series. I've only played the first half of the first one. Mm-hmm. But I just bought, based on us talking about it, I bought Metro 2033 and Last Light. They were like four pounds for both of them, four or five yeah, quid. I, I got Exodus for like eight. Yeah. yeah. On the PSN, really which that's all, that didn't come out that long ago. No, it was only like a year, maybe, if that. Right, but it's it's just an incredibly immersive world. Like, you get kind of, um, you have to charge up your flashlight when it's dying. So it kind of has a survival horror tinge to it at times. Yeah. Because you're walking down this very oppressive metro system where it's really dark and these creatures come and try and attack you. And it's just very doesn't, intense and very enjoyable. Doesn't your screen get dirty as well and you have to like peel your visor off and stuff Yeah, so like you that? have to put your gas mask on when it gets radiation spikes and then the gas mask starts, you can either get blood splatters on it or you might get um, sweaty and then it kind of steams up a bit and you have to wipe it with his hand. And Damn. It's super cool. It's dead immersive. It's kind of, it reminds me the first one of Half-Life in the, its approach mm. to first person. The nice. third one is very much a more modern game and it opens up because you get out of the metro and because you're out of the metro metro uh, retro (laughs) (laughs) um because you're outside you have that kind of you'll drive into this area because you're on a train and uh, then it's kind of a big open world area with all these different aspects to explore 
Mm. There's kind of there's a narrative path going through, but there's all these branching paths where you can wander off and go and find all these secrets, God which is cool. It. Yeah, I'm interested. But I, I highly recommend it. I just for the first one. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Eric. I just finished Exodus, and honestly, I've loved all three. I thought they were brilliant. Hmm. First one. Dan first has moved one. on from completing games quickly to completing series quickly. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> it took ascended. About a month. It took about a month. Jeez, how did you survive not completing a game? I completed other games in between playing. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> oh, damn, I wish I had your stamina. I know it's it's handy. <laughs> yeah, but honest, honestly, I I really really heartily recommend them. Um, one other game that I recommended nice. or that I played and recommended to Tom, and I just want to get your your, your quick hot take on it. Uh, Haven. Mm. Oh, Haven. Yeah, I bought that. I so I have a trial month on Game Pass, and it's on Game Pass, but it was on sale on PSN. And you know, with JRPGs, I do like to be on the couch and on you know playing it. I don't know something about playing RPGs. I like to, I associate them so tightly with consoles and also Sony consoles. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to, uh, have you played much this. of it? Yeah. I've played like the first two hours, I guess. So you're about a quarter of the way through. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's particularly long. It's definitely um, not a JRPG like at all. No, but it's like, it's an RPG. It's an RPG. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah, um, that, that game, that game did things to me. It was great. Yeah, I'm just really enjoying the character development between uh, between the two. Like, you can alter, alternate between these two characters. They're a couple. Um, and they, uh, I don't want to, like, spoil anything or what or whatnot. But it was really, I was really confused about the situation they were in at the beginning of the game. Uh, and then as that's, like, further explored as to why they're on this planet and why why they're on this ship and why they're collecting resources and stuff like that to survive and uh, i thought i don't know i became very i've become very attached to these two characters i'm really so, enjoying yeah a couple things about it i mean it, it it's two kids who have escaped from their home planet because the, it's very oppressive there where people are assigned mates and there's no exceptions yeah. to it like this is your life partner this is your life partner. These two people met each other and said, oh shit, I like you, but you're not my life partner. Let's bounce. So yeah. they managed to escape, which nobody's ever done before. And they found a, a habitable planet, which has been fractured. And part of the game is figuring out what the hell happened at this planet. But the other part of it is also making sure that you can survive while also not being discovered. But the mm -hmm. core component of this game is their relationship. And anybody who wants to see what a healthy, whether it's boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever combination, or, or marriage, if you want to see what a healthy relationship looks like, play this game. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. if you want to see what will make a relationship succeed in the long term, play this game because it touches every single piece that's important. Mm. and how they support mm. each other they fight how they get through that how they talk to each other how they share feelings it's incredibly accurate as to this is how to make a relationship survive mm. all yeah, wrapped up in this really tense situation yeah you definitely got me wanting to uh see it through <laughs> 
I would be I'd be really keen to see it through. As I said, I'm I am warming to these characters a lot. There, and you kind of gave a good tip to um, make sure that uh, during the game there are the so you spend part of the game outside farming resources, repairing your ship, whatever needs to be done. But then you have the the kind of evening times where you, it's almost like a, you go back to the ship and it's a bit of a hub world where you can like check your stats, check your whatever. But you can also choose to cook food and when you uh cook food with the resources you found um it usually invokes some kind of cutscene uh, with dialogue choices and then like those seem those seem really imp- those seem missable very missable very and, uh, missable and i missed um, the first couple hours of them right right um and that but 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 since the relationship is such a core component of the game um it's a shame that they're missable because that you know it, it it's intrinsically tied to um where the value of that of, of the game is so um i'm really enjoying taking my time with it, it yeah you know uh and, it's and very light-hearted it's very easy just because you know we say resource farming and like trying to like it's not survival it's yeah. not a farming game it is purely a sit back enjoy the combat is unbelievably easy for when it does occur which isn't super often mm. um it is exploration relationship management with a chill soundtrack and a really, really cool component of anti-gravity boots. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool game. I, I, I think you would probably enjoy, enjoy it, Dan. I think it'd be yeah, a 50, 50 shot for him. Yeah. Cause there's not yeah. much depth to it in terms of gameplay. It's all story. I like mm. a story driven game. Fuck off. <laughs> speaking of which eric i have a hearty rec- game recommendation for nope. you sir nope and that is tales of arise oh no you gotta play it oh no you, you gotta know how do limited it. You, my ever time can ta- be. you ever played a tales game i have sonic the hedgehog does not count oh well then no i haven't <laughs> is this your first tales game dan it's my first tales game yeah oh wow Nice. I don't it's, think I've ever played uh, I, through one. Like I've played a, a, a somewhat of Tales of uh, Vesperia. No, Berseria. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To be quite honest, I don't know that much about them, but I saw this was getting rave reviews, and I had a brief look at a trailer, and I was like, "Yep, that looks good." And yep. it's very much kind of an old school JRPG, but with like nice, I'm shiny, in. new cell shaded graphics and a great combat system. Oh, yeah. You it's had me at JRPG, cool. and then you really had me at Cell Shaded. <laughs> and I think- actually, a really good, interesting world as well. Yeah. So, it kind of, it starts I'm off, you're, the, you're a slave, and there's these um, characters, they, they're called the Renans, and they are enslaving these people on this planet, and you are one of the enslaved, and you kind of rise up against these people, and there's all these different realms to explore, and these lords to conquer. And it's it's just kind of snowballing from there and getting better and better. But the combat... Is it's kind of like Final Fantasy VII remake, mm-hmm. which is, but it has a lot of fluidity and it works very well. And I can see Eric's looking at it right now and trying to figure out whether he likes it or not. Actually, well, the, not. <laughs> you, not the, you just stop listening. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of the Tales games, the, especially the later ones, the combat is very um, FF Seven remake style. Um, and they they always unfortunately I think even Arise is false to this too. The one annoying thing can be like 
your character and all your other party members just constantly shouting their attack moves when you're in combat. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Xeno, Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah, it's a bit, it's got that Japanese uh, thing that it can never get away You've from. You've got to announce your moves, Tom. You've got to do it. I know, I know, but like a <laughs> hundred times in one card. Um, I've heard on PS4, apparently the uh, load times for the combat can be quite um, oh. sloggy, but I've got it for PS5 and it's instant. You're just straight in there. I was looking at the two copies and I was like, no, I think I'm going to have to get PS5. Um, the other thing was, uh, actually, I'm trying to think. The only Tales game I've actually finished is Vesperia. That was on the 360. That was a 360 exclusive for a while. How many is there? Uh, a lot. So many. <laughs> well, so many. I, say, I say that. There's like 10, I guess. 10 like mainline ones. And then it's still quite a lot. It's like kind of some nearly as many as Final Fantasy, but like it's not really as mainstream. Yeah, I think there's also a bunch that never. There's also a bunch that never got localized, um, because Tell the Tales games went through a series of like popularity and then decline and then back to being. I think the the most the two most recent Tales games, Arise and Berseria, have really have really pushed the series. Like it was, I was really, when I first saw that Arise was announced, I was really excited for it. Um, which is why I put it in my fantasy, fantasy league. Because I thought, that's going to be a good game. Oh, it's and in it, your fantasy league, is it? You must yeah, be doing well with yeah. that one. It's doing numbers, dude. It's doing numbers. Yeah. I think it deserves it. I'm about eight hours in, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I really wanted a good old school RPG because kind of since Persona 5 I haven't found something to quite fill that void in my life Yakuza think, Like a Dragon was really good but it wasn't kind of fine nowadays yeah yeah it's kind of it's it's good I, I really enjoyed CrossCode as well because I had that kind of yeah. did you beat CrossCode? I never finished it you know <laughs> that's a long game it was surprisingly really? I, I just got because I don't have Game Pass anybody, I had it on Game Pass I was about to say the same thing. I wanted to yeah. play it, and I got Game Pass, and I was like, "Where is it? Oh, it's not on here." Ah, that's why. I, that's why I'm not so hot on Game Pass. <laughs> what about there's another game that came out recently that looks similar to that called Chris Tales. Yeah, where have I heard that name? I've um, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation Four, Microsoft. Windows. Oh, it's got very mixed reviews, unfortunately. Yeah, mm. looks cool. I st- I still wouldn't mind i would still give it a shake you know give but yeah honestly wiggle. early days early days for tales of arise obviously with me but from what happened initial to you not buying ps5 <laughs> games when they came out yeah but this was 42 pounds it wasn't 70 which is more than acceptable mm, i'll allow it <laughs> but I, i'm not gonna lie when horizon and god of war come out it's probably gonna get broken as well yeah, see, I feel like you did yourself a disservice by not putting a disclaimer in there <laughs> for exceptions. Uh, Elden, Elden Ring kind of yeah. over here is loads cheaper than it should be. Is it? How much is it? It's. I think, I pre-ordered, I, think I pre-ordered it for like £42 or something. Damn, I miss those UK prices. <laughs> they were good. Yeah, your moose box don't get you as many video games. 44, really it's currently 44.85. It has to be a big decision now if I buy a, buy a new game. It has to be something I really want and I'm going to play it the day I, it comes through the mail. Oh, I couldn't make that decision. 
So, well, Tom, do you find yourself buying more and more stuff digital then? Yeah, pretty much. Because mm. it's you're looking at it's a hundred dollars a game physical for a physical game now. Fuck that. And uh, <laughs> it's like unless it's something where it's like we've decided we're all going to play it together on a certain date or something, or it's a Final Fantasy VII remake part two or something that I just cannot miss. It's like now nah, there's no impulse purchases so much anymore with physical games for me unless they're on sale and it's been a while like i picked up Tales. actually funny enough i picked up tales of Braceria on ps4 yesterday for uh ten dollars where did you find that amazon Ugh, i want it the i don't like that red case yeah it's good it's good i don't like it i don't like it there's a drawer for those (laughs) it's It's called called the the bin. bin Yeah, they draw your attention <laughs> on the shelf. They draw your attention away from all the more deserving games that you actually cared enough about to buy before they went into the garbage case. Just uh, don't, don't give it to Mike to put in the bin because he hasn't quite mastered how to put things into shapes yet. <laughs> <laughs> don't quite fit. My horizon's in a red case and it's nice. So is mine and I hate it. Oh, is it the because for edition? some reason I decided to just not claim the Ultimate Edition or whatever the hell it was when it was free on PSN. Just didn't claim it. Well done, Matt. I know. Tom, you're already I, playing Horizon, aren't you? Yes, I'm still... Uh, uh, I'm trying to get the Platinum Trophy. Good man. I, you will join I, the Platinum crew. Yeah. I'm hoping that I don't have to do something... Uh, the trophies seem pretty reasonable um, so far. This is my second playthrough, but I'm, I, I, I just want to get to the Frozen Wilds, to be honest, so I'm skipping a lot of dialogue. <laughs> I already skip. know. Skip. <laughs> Stories already <laughs> happened. So I remember it pretty much. This game takes um, six hours now. Yeah, yeah. I still love I that game, man. I still love I that game. A lot. I do the audio logs so great. Yeah, yeah. There's the whole gate. The whole world was so well realized. Yeah. Shame I've about never the felt weapon that immersed upgrades, in a game in a long time. Yeah. I just love shame about the weapon upgrades. Hopefully, they'll be in the sequel. I just love it when. The, when the sun's setting in that game and you get the lens flares across the screen, it looks even better, by the way, in the old 4K HDR 60 FPS running down the like dusty mountains and then you push square to slide, you slide down, then hold L2 for the old aim. It's the all time slows down. You get a perfect shot at one of the uh, glint hawks as it just flies away. Oh, it's just, it's just such a cool game, guys. It's just a, it is. It really it's done is. something one of, to Tom. He's poetic. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for the sequel. I really can't yeah, wait for it. Do we have a date on that yet? February twenty yeah, second, I think. So. I think. So we've got Elden Ring to tidy us over until the end of February. Let's be yeah. honest, Elden Ring's gonna last a lot longer than that. I yeah. Uh, so they, they released a few previews of Elden Ring and stuff and I read about a paragraph and they went, You know what? Don't wanna know. Don't wanna know. Let's just go into it blind. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I only watched like a really small portion of the Horizon gameplay because I was like, I, I just don't need to see any of it. I'm too, I'm just, to, just take it from my bank account. You can take yeah. the money; it's fine. Just, just have it. I, I trust you. What I'm sick of seeing trailers for Death, Death Loop. Loop. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Just release the game already. Every PlayStation showcase, like, oh, he's Death Loop again. I'm I almost really- concerned that it's going to be one of those games that that really isn't good and they were trying to offset the terribleness of it by like overhyping it 
and mm. having it become so mainstream that then like it could crest over that that hill of this is just a crap game into yeah well it could never live up to the expectations set so it's this cult classic type thing and and mm. it just feels i really... don't think it's going to be crap because arcane has a good track record like i, th- I think it's gonna for be me great. i don't like the dishonored games but mm. I think this one looks all right. I just don't quite get the gameplay. It's, yeah, it's a loop. I know, I know there's a time loop and you have to... But you'll, no, there's a death loop. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> so you have to kill all these different people, but then if, imagine if you kill like five of them and then you get kicked back to the start and imagine if that happens multiple times and that takes multiple hours to do every one of them. Uh, Returnal. I, mean, I love a roguelike, don't get me wrong, but that sounds tedious. That's why I stopped playing Returnal. I love yeah, me too. Still it's never up on the it. shelf next to Sekiro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you not really like it that much, Eric? It wasn't really good about your bag. Returnal? No. No, big fart noise. Oh, well, Tom's going to burn down the apartment. Do you remember the last time you had the fire alarm in the building? That made for a great show. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Hashtag <laughs> that, bring back dude, the squeaky chair. <laughs> it's happened during uh, Twitch streams that I've done, like full on gone for ages. So <laughs> there was one time I was playing uh, Final Fantasy VI and I was fighting a boss and the uh, the alarm was going off and I was like, damn. And I muted my mic and someone in the chat was like, I love the dedication that he has to defeat this boss, even though the building could be on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave when the flames come through that door. Listen, just touch the, touch the cupboard. No, that's not hot yet. We got time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't smell nothing. We're good. <laughs> Catherine, you tell me if things start getting hairy out there. <laughs> cat, cat comes in with a hair on fire, and Tom's still trying to be this boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me know when the flames get to your scalp. Then we'll, then we'll take it serious. Yeah. Go take a shower. Cool off. <laughs> Guys, should we uh, should we get into why we're here this week? Because I'm excited about this one. I'm very excited about this one. Are you? What is it? I, I am. This week, we finally are delving somewhat into the Mega Man universe. Somewhat. Yay. Trombone. Somewhat. We have played The Misadventures of Tron Bon for the original PlayStation, which... Yeah, Tron Bon, eh? Oh, just the, the Misadventures. <laughs> the Misadventures of Tron Bon. <laughs> Not quite good at adventuring quite yet. Hence the name Misadventures, because they're not proper. But it's yes. really strange. It's a weird any... name. Don't know yeah. if it's... Tron Bone. You Tron don't see Bonnie. many brass instruments get their own game. Yeah. Misadventures of Trombone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna, I have been calling a Tron Boner ever since we... Because <laughs> 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 I am a child. This I game came out North America April 30th, 2000 and does technically serve as a prequel, a direct prequel to the original Mega Man Legends game. So if you're familiar with those games, which sadly to say I am not um, as well as I probably should be, Tronbon is one of the antagonists from the original Mega Man Legends game. So she gets her her own spinoff. 
And fun fact about this, this is the only game in the Mega Man series where Mega Man does not make a full-on appearance. He makes kind of an Easter egg appearance, so technically he is still in it. But um, this is... You can also get a robot that looks like him. Well, if you paint him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It is a... It's a mix of things. It's, yeah, it's really hard to nail down what this game is. It's it's technically an action-adventure game that is somewhat focused on story, somewhat focused on RPG, somewhat on puzzling, and somewhat on combat. Like, it takes all of these, and on paper, it it's a recipe for a really bad game. But somehow, it it just works. Like, the first 20 minutes of the game, you're just sitting there going the fuck is this and then it opens up like oh i'm in i am all in on this it's kind of like a management sim with mini games attached to it that's how i've always seen it that's a good way to look at it because i mean i came into this eric and i knew it was on the list and for a long time i've been like what the fuck is this i knew nothing i knew absolutely nothing about it. i've been dreading it coming up and to be quite (laughs) honest i was very pleasantly surprised I when I first booted it up, I was like, "You like what the hell is this? Yeah. What am I doing? Nothing makes any sense." And then within about two hours, I was like, "Yes, give me more crates to stack. I will stack all of the crates." <laughs> I need to rob another bank and I need to capture another pig. Give it to me. Um, I didn't like you. I had no idea what to expect. I've played some of Mega Man Legends enough to know that it's really not my jam. So I was somewhat expecting this to be kind of a watered down alternate spin-off style of Mega Man Legends where it was an RPG or action RPG. That that's what I was expecting going in and like the first 20 minutes of the game that's kind of what it felt like. And then you get up into the ship and it's like what do you like why do I have to go to the lab and talk to these Legos? Like I just what what's all this shit that I have to do? Who are the serve bots? Oh, now I'm at a dock moving crates around. What the hell is going on? But the overall plot of the story is you are following the Bond family, and the Bond family consists of. Let me pull this up here. Um, we've got Teasel, Teasel Bond, Tron Bond, who is the obviously heroine of the story. Teasel Bond, who is Tron's older brother, which in the manual for the game it says is her dad, but in the game it says her brother. So there's a little bit of a disconnection there. Bon Bon, who is the younger brother who can somehow... Well, they really pushed the name out for that, didn't they? <laughs> they really did. Uh, <laughs> but he is he, he's a an infant who's able to control this complex mech called um, Babu. You've got the serve bots, which basically, as their name implies, are servants. They will do anything and everything from cleaning to fighting. And then you've got your antagonists of Glide, Lex Loathe, I think yeah, those are the two. Anyway, beginning of the game starts and then there off is with the goose stuff mecha as well. Yes, the Teaselbon is trying to find the Adrian's tear in one of the ruins, and come to find out that he he borrowed a ton of money from a guy named Lex Loth, uh, a million zenny, and that payment has come due. Doesn't have the money, so he gets kidnapped and taken back. Lex Loth and Glide tell him tell Tron you need to pay this money back to get your brother back that's what sets the stage for the first half of the game is you have to do these missions from stealing crates at a harbor 
which is your puzzle game, to robbing banks, which is your action portion of the game, to digging in a mine, which is your adventure portion of the game, RPG adventure, and collect money to then pay this guy back so you can get your brother back. And that's that's the game, is essentially you were trying to repay a loan. Just like life. Animal right. Crossing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a weird setup. And like I said, I came into it, I did, I knew now about it, and it seemed really strange. But then once you start, everything clicks together. It just kind of works. I mean... You know what it they reminded put, me of? The ridiculous, the harbor ones, right? So you're when you're in the you're in this harbor and you're in your mech and you get a set number of moves along a square like grid and you have to pick up these crates which could be things like fish or meat or gold or TVs to, or TVs, yeah, and you have to twock them and put them on your ship, <laughs> right? So you you take them back and then you've you've got to get back to the ship in a certain amount of moves, but you can only pick up a certain amount of crates as well, and they get incredibly complicated and very difficult. Well, hold on. Before we get into that, Tom, what were you saying it reminds you of? Um, it, remind, it reminded me of a game I played on Vita once called Freedom Wars, which... I don't think uh, I ever played that one. Yeah, it was a first-party PlayStation game where um, it's very Japanese, and you're, set, you're sentenced to... Uh, you and your party, I think, are sentenced to a million years in prison... <laughs> Oh, and every prison, every mission that you do reduces your sentence. And so you're trying to reduce the sentence down to so it's zero, basically Suicide Squad. Shit, I could get in on that. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It, it reminded just when I was playing, when I was playing these, these missions, it reminded me of that. Um, a couple of points I, I did want to make before I forgot about them with Tron, Tron, the old Tron Bonner uh, was the, the music felt very Mega Man. Yeah, like it was yeah, it so Mega Man. I was like, okay, this is just like quite clearly uh, uh, in form I, and function. It looks like a Mega Man game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. I was really, really pleasantly surprised with the voice acting. Yeah, whole game voice acted. Not only yeah, like whole game voice acted, and also really good. Um, yeah, and I thought like because back then it was a bit hit and miss when a game was teaching you about its mechanics and how to play i thought the tutorial was like was actually really good because it was all like voice acted and and it was integrated in integrated into the narrative we see that a lot these days but back then not as much you know what i mean yeah, um, kind of like a metal gear solid when he's telling you to press square and that yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um so no i thought it was cool and it, it just every time you ended up in that kind of hub world with all the serve bots or whatever and you had to like then go on to missions and choose how you were going to go into that mission which look, always looked like a uh an episode of um incredible crisis do you ever play that game on ps1 no <laughs> do you no, guys ever play so. that oh it, it just looked so much like that like just mad japanese craziness um <laughs> oh yeah i remember seeing the cover art for this <laughs> yeah it's a really good game seriously if you ever find yeah, cause it the, the first it. one i the first one i dropped into was the rob the bank right and you have a mecca called the gustav tron doesn't actually go on the missions as far as yeah she doesn't go on the missions the gustav goes out she's controlling the gustav and you have six serve bots with you i and thought she was in the gustav i don't think she is because the way that she's talking makes it sound like she's telling the gustav what to do but no, I think she's telling the serve bots what to do. Maybe. Um, you have your weapon, 
and then you can do a beacon shot, which fires out and it gives the serve bots commands. So if you fire it at the door to a house, it'll break the door open, and then this, or you shoot the door open and then fire beacon bombs. Serve bots will go in. They'll they'll you know shake up the joint, come back out with all their loot, and give it to you. It can be anything from uh, zenny, which is the money, or they'll come out with like plates of food or um, <laughs> different items like uh riot shields or or fuck i don't even know car tires and stuff that you can use to upgrade things back up on on the gessel shaft and uh that's the first one i dropped into so i'm like all right cool i can really i can really get into this because then each each style of of mission there's only so many that you can do so it forces you to go to the other one so the bank robbing one i think there's only four but it kind of gates you behind certain aspects so you can't really advance in that one until you do something somewhere else to get an item that's hidden within there to upgrade your Gustav to then do this next portion of it. So it is really well balanced in its approach. Yeah, there was a few times I had to back out of missions because I was like, I'm sure I haven't got what I need to do this. Yeah. Well, and the other yeah. part too is that there is a little, not only is it is it uh, the action puzzle adventure, it's also management sim where you can upgrade your serve bots you can send them out on missions you can train them by doing different mini games to increase their speed or their power or their strength um or their you can, intelligence you can, tor- you can torture them by putting yeah. them in a torture room and squ- squashing them and burning them and sticking spikes <laughs> up their asses it's brilliant Full disclosure never once beat the torture room you have oh, to be i did flawless i did i didn't do it once damn to be quite damn honest so. I f- the management sim aspect, yeah, I could get really into that, but in terms of using the serve bots, I could never be asked to go through the menu and assign them all, so I just used whatever it recommended and just cracked on. Yeah, I did the exact same thing. But you can of- go, when you're, on the, when you're on the Gessel Chef, you can go through, there's different sections. You have storage, you have lab, control room, Tron's room, uh, a couple other places, but the serve bots, there's 40 of them, which I believe in Mega Man Legends, there's 41, and the 41st tr- serve bot, nobody knows like his origin story. It's never been officially confirmed because there's only 40 in this game. You can go through and you can talk to each one, and when you're in the lab, when you talk to them, they'll say like, hey, you know, we could really improve the armor of the uh, uh, of the Gustav if, if I just had a lighter material. So when you're out doing an adventure, if you come across an item, it's like litanium or something like that. You have to <laughs> go back in and you can give that to him and it'll spark something within him to then develop this new item that you can then upgrade your Gustav. So you can do stuff like create a bazooka or a Gatling gun or paint jobs or different armor that help increase it. But you know you can quickly miss those if you're not looking for them. Bazooka's useless, by the way, other than blowing up a wall. That's you really need it for crap. exactly one portion of one mission. Yeah, and then you have to back out of the mission to put your other gun on, because otherwise you won't be able to progress, because yeah. it's so weak. I was it, like, it's a it's bazooka, awful. man. It should be doing loads of damage. I just had a Gatling gun before that. I tell you what, I, I, I hit a point where I really struggled and didn't think I was going to be able to progress, and it was the second bank robbing mission where you actually have to fight... Who's the police lady that you come across? Um... Is it Denise? Yes, Denise. Yeah, Denise. Marmalade. Ooh, I prefer De- Denise Jam. Lady Marmalade. Denise Jelly. I'm a marmalade <laughs> person myself. Denise, but, um, Denise Biscoff spread. I got to the part <laughs> where you're fighting her, and I kept dying over and over, and I just got tired of having to do the whole mission leading up to her. 
And I even tried doing save states and just couldn't beat it. And then I discovered, oh, you can go into the, the, the lab and you can create energy tanks. So I made sure that I just always was stacked with energy tanks, both level one, two, and three, and the rest of the game was a friggin' breeze. Yeah, that's what I did as well. Um, there was one yeah. bank level which I just couldn't figure out. There was a certain bit where they had loads of barricades, and you don't seem to be able to progress any further. Yeah. I was like, do I need some other item from like the the free fro- the free roam level, which I don't think we mentioned actually. So there's kind of there's another free roam level which is kind of like a big dungeon that you can explore and it's got all different items in and stuff that's quite it it's a place to go to make quick zenny yes um so anyway i went back there and i was looking for stuff and i couldn't make any progress with that either so i went back to it and then i watched a couple of youtube videos and they were destroying the houses and i was like ah so that's how you get past it brilliant (laughs) (laughs) yeah i had to rely on you to help me get through that one i uh i quite enjoyed uh just going around those levels and shooting all the old people who are walking around and stuff. Oh, it's so much fun. It's so fun. Well, and then yeah. the people come out with the riot shields and you can send the serve bots on them and then they'll strip them of their riot shields and their batons yeah. and you can have them strip the cars down of their tires and stuff and then you can use that to upgrade things back in the ship. Uh, it's got a you're, lot defi- you're definitely playing as a bad guy in this yeah. game. You're just Which causing absolute chaos. <laughs> you know which one, which one I really didn't like is the RPG one. I thought I didn't the really diggers. enjoy that one very much. Yeah, so it's it's a it goes first person, and you walk. You basically go through this cave. I liked it. Of, did you? I liked it because it reminded me of playing the original Descent on PC. Right. Mm. The controls nah, worked. It was it was fun. I couldn't get away with it. I very much enjoyed all the others. There's the bank robbing, uh, the uh, what's your, the stupid one when you stack the crates. It's just. Well, what I liked I, about the what I liked about the digging one is that not only does it serve a, a purpose within the story in terms of trying to find the what are the the, the crystals, um, but you come across two diggers, a guy named Dance who's just kind of a a bit of a a moron. Um, somehow he keeps getting himself trapped in different situations. So you're helping him progress. Then you come across Pearl, who's a female digger. And those two kind of meet up and you help them fall in love. But at the same time, you come across the, who's the old guy? The the d- digger, I think his name is. Dig, dig, an old digger who exploits chronicled writing on the wall. Anyway, he's the one who's in the search of these three crystals. What's hilarious is when you get to the bottom of the dungeon and you discover, you have all three of the crystals and you discover what they lead to and they lead to the Fountain of Youth, which happens to just be the original recipe for root beer. (laughs) That's all it is. And then his ghost pops up and he goes, golly gee, you found it. I can rest in peace. And then he disappears and the serve bot's like, oh my God, it was a ghost. Just a stupid, quirky little storyline. Oh my God. Well, I like that. That's kind of this overarching storyline going through each of the different ones as well like kind of when the bank one with the police officer oh she's so low self-esteem she just constantly sucks at trying to stop you then after about the halfway point you unlock a couple of other ones as well don't you so you get a more intense version of the stacking crate game and then you also get one where you have to go to a farm and talk livestock it's brilliant (laughs) capturing the pigs (laughs) All while defending them from robots, and it the, the the control scheme is very early PS one, but yeah, it works. So 
the robot, the the D-pad, you move forward, backward, and then strafe left and right. And L1 and R1 make you rotate. So it's very clunky to be fluid with it. But once you wrap your head around it, it, it works really well. L2 locks onto people. R2 pulls up your beacon bomb. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the halfway point you collect a bunch, you collect the millions any, you go to give it to Lex, and he says, Oh yeah, by the way, capitalism, you owe interest on your interest. And now it's two million more Zenny, so now you need to go back, and that's when the second half of all of these missions opens up. So I got to this point where you get the two million Zenny, and I completely just forgot to finish it, to be quite honest. <laughs> so Eric, fill me in what happens at the end. You didn't beat it? I didn't beat it, no. What? Oh, I thought you said you were on the final push. I was, but I fully intended to play it yesterday, and then Crystal came to me and said, oh, we need to paint the fence. I was like, really? Tom Sawyer. (laughs) God. Why don't you just trick somebody, trick trick one of your neighbors into painting it for you? Are you tired after it? I haven't got many neighbors yet, actually. Still live on a building site, so... Uh, I guess before I, I spoil the ending of it, uh, Tom, did you have any other thoughts on as far as you made it? No, I don't think so. I didn't play as, not, as, as enough of it, I think, to... to, to did to you at match. least do the, cra- the, the crate stacking? Because, like, I don't know what it was about that. That was my favorite portion of this game, were the no, crate I missions. I didn't do the crate stacking, and I'm starting to think I missed out because Dan keeps oh. talking about it. <laughs> Oh, well, they're I, so fun. You know what, Tom, me and the crate stacking have a love-hate relationship because it got real hard. They did. Man, the second I, half... I, don't, I couldn't figure it out. I had to cheat. I had to watch a YouTube tutorial because so, it was like... The, the crate stacking, Dan gave a brief overview of it, but it's a little more in-depth than that. Um, there are three different styles of crates. There are steel crates, which you can pick up, but you cannot move when you're holding them. So you can pick them up and place them within the radius around you. There are wooden crates that you can pick up and move with and set down wherever. And then there are the the crates you need to capture, the green ones. And there's also one special red one hidden where if you do everything just perfectly, you can capture that. And that ends up, you have to do that before you collect your final one. Because once you collect the final one, then the mission's over. But by collecting the red one, there's additional crap in there that you can sell, get more money, gets you to the, the, the goal faster. But halfway point it introduces new challenges i think before that they gave you one level that had some conveyor belts where like you could set the the boxes on it and move them for you to help reduce but you can only move 10 spaces when you're holding a crate and that's where you need to get creative and like drop crates into the water to create bridges for you um use the crates or actually yourself pick up a crate walk onto the conveyor belt to help move you closer to the edge but when you get to the halfway point they introduce the concept of a crane so now you have all of these boxes plus the conveyor belts plus a crane that can pick stuff up and move it around for you and you get to each new level and you're like what the fuck how am i even going to do this (laughs) and And he's also missed the fact that you get one of your serve bots on a forklift so you can then order so then you can order them to pick up crates for you but then you have to make sure you've cleared the way for them before they can get to the crate and you yourself can't even be standing on them but all the time, the all way. the way through, you only have a set number of moves and you can roll back a move. But once you've went past that move, you can't roll back any right. further. So it's kind of, if you've completely screwed up, you have to start it all over again. Uh, it's, it gets incredibly it, complicated. It's super addicting to just try to figure out. But you're right. Toward, I think the last two I was kind of running on 
on fumes with my patience for it because I just wanted to get through. I, I wanted to see the end of the story. I wanted to experience the rest of it. And I didn't want to be hung up on this one point. So I did watch a quick video on how to solve the last two. Like I, I'd like to think I could have figured that out on my own, but I'm not sure. Um, I, could, I couldn't a hundred percent. When I got to the Korean ones, I was like, Nope, because <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> I think it is exactly one way to solve it. I don't think there's multiple ways to do it. I think there's one way to, to get, all get of them to get all of the crates, and then there's one way to get one minus the red crate. Yeah. It's but, nuts. Super, super fun though. I think that is you, my favorite portion of this game. You talk like when you get up to the later stages, Tom. You should watch one on YouTube because like there's just crates everywhere. Yeah, and you're like, how do I'm you even figure out? How do you figure out which one to pick up and move and? And then if you screw like you screw up, like I say, you have to go back. It's worth saying though, for example, if you didn't want to do these, if you didn't enjoy that particular portion, you don't need to complete all these missions. No. You just need to complete enough to get to two million zenny. So I didn't really do the RPG one. Oh. Yeah, and if you want, you can actually make the game shorter by not purchasing any upgrades for your Gustav. It'll make the game a little bit more difficult for you or not buying as many uh e-tank upgrades or anything like that so i got to a point where i had one million nine hundred and fifty thousand zenny and i needed 50k more like man do i really i couldn't do the next section of the farm it was for some reason it was just too difficult i kept uh i got all the cows in the car and then the cow the the truck needed to drive away but then there was this huge reaver bot that came in and just destroyed the car and it's like you got to keep the reaver bot off the off the truck can't and it would just die like, i don't want to keep going through that so i just went to the free roam area killed five reaver bots made 60k walked back in and ended the game so that's did kind of the purpose of the free roam did you finish the free roam uh where you have to get the adriana's tears yeah and you have to fight that giant thing at the end which is incredibly difficult what was the oh, i don't maybe so at the end you fight this kind of giant thing and it has kind of you have to open up its chest so it has a core and you have to shoot it while also dodging all of its attacks maybe not then oh that wasn't the colossus fight no the colossus fight was at the end it's really no i didn't actually i didn't the boss battles were a ton of fun in this game it was the only time i had to use save states actually on that on that epilogue yeah on the uh yeah, that boss. Yeah. What were you saying, Tom? Sorry, I was only ten minutes away or so from playing the crate, the crate uh, uh, stuff based on this long play, anyway. <laughs> uh. Yeah, because you can approach it anyway. You could have just gone to the crate mission right away if you wanted to. Could have been the first one you did. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah, because it gives you that flexibility. You so see, you can pick whatever game, mini game, basically you want to play. But I think I just went for the first one because, like you said, Dan, you find yourself jumping into games and being like, I don't think I've got the right tools to uh, to complete this or you're not the right strength or whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe I just figured that. But Well, that's that's kind of the mentality you have with games, though, isn't it? You kind of, you, yeah. you, when you boot in, if something's highlighted, you're like, well, surely they want me to play that one first. Yeah, yep. yeah. So and I think they highlight nine the times out of ten you do that. Damn. So after you pay off the two million, well, after you get the two million Zenny, you go to pay him off and he tries to uh, tries to scam you on that same concept again and basically says, we're just going to kidnap you now. So now Tron has been kidnapped 
in the same prison with Teasel, and the only people that can now save her are the serve bots. So the serve bots mount up, send in the Gustav to go break Teasel and Tron out of prison. And when that happens, then you have your final approach with, uh, what's his name, Glide? Yes. Yeah, I think that's it. Glide, and um, you have a quick fight with him and then discover that they were ultimately looking for the gigantic refractor to power the Colossus, which could then help Lex Loth take over the entire world. That was his whole goal, was to have the whole world owe him money so that he ran the world that way. He wanted to rule through debt. And the final Colossus battle is awesome. I'm really disappointed you didn't get a chance to play that. Which, if you're that close, just pop through and finish it. Like, if you've already got the two million zenny or are close to it, just just do it. Um, you have to fight... The, the battle with Glide isn't particularly difficult. Then you have two stages of the Colossus battle. Um, first one is not that hard, but then the full Colossus comes up and you're actually on his body and you have to pull out these um, refractor pillars and destroy all of them. And then you have to send the serve bots up to pull the refractors out of his head. And uh, that's extremely difficult because he's constantly firing at you these missiles that take out probably 75% of your health. So you have just a microscopic window of time. So you do that, kill him, save the day, um, get back to the ship where you discover that one of the serve bots has uh, cleaned out the storage room from all the trash that's been accumulated over the course of the game, including every piece of treasure that you've collected, including the giant refractor, which that was the whole point of the game was for Teasel to find this giant refractor. Glide and Lex found it first to power the, the, the Colossus. They get it back from the Colossus, put it in the treasure room. This serve bot throws it out. And oh, God. then uh, that's where Mega Man Legends picks up because as they Tron basically says, I'm going to put you in the torture room. I've got something special for you. And then you hear a plane crash outside somewhere. And like that's kind of where Mega Man Legends once picks up. That's cool. I, I don't think we mentioned the. Um, so there are, there are a few mini games on the. Uh, is the Gesselcraft? Yeah, the Gesselcraft. The Gesselcraft, yes. Uh, which are kind of involve the serve bots. So there's one where you have to throw bombs at targets of humans, which is quite fun. <laughs> so hard. Yeah, really difficult. Uh, there was another one where you're in the kitchen and. You have different button prompts, and oh all the serve bots go up to you. How frustrating was that one? Extremely, because you oh. you get the smallest window of margin of error on these, like literally about two seconds. If you go over that, you you can't do it. But all the um, serve they, bots they go want up, the lunch special A, lunch special B, or the ramen. Oh, yes, the curry and spaghetti. Yeah, yeah. curry. That's what it was. Curry, spaghetti, spaghetti. lunch A, or lunch, lunch B. B. <laughs> you can miss I, I discovered you can miss maybe one or two but the first time you beat it it's like okay you got to serve 25 and like wow just managed to beat that and then they give you five seconds more and they're like do 30 like crap they're hungry lads <laughs> what were some of the I think those are the only ones I saw uh, I didn't see any more and then there was the torture room and the, the sole purpose of the torture room was to remove the laziness from the serve bots. Oh, it's curry rice. That's what the other one is. Curry rice. Curry rice. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. 
lunch me. <laughs> lunch <laughs> And they're very impatient. Like, if you're not immediate, they just leave they without are. their food. Plus the robots. Why are they eating curry rice? They're like the minions, aren't they? Nobody really uh, thought this through. <laughs> uh, some trivia about this. the Unlike Mega Man Legends, the game's cutscenes are made entirely using sprites instead of 3D models. And... Tron is the only one in the game who does not have a 3D model. Despite oh, being yeah, the protagonist actu- of the game. You don't actually see her, do you? You never see her. She only shows up as one of the little anime uh, the little sprites. portrait yep. in the circle. The yeah. I've, I've Japanese version of the game so, has four additional mini-games that came from the Pocket Station. So they were removed from the English version due to Pocket Station not being released outside Japan. God, that pocket station thing. Remember then that was on Final Fantasy Nine, and you always wanted to play the uh, pocket right. station mini game. But right, I've just read that um, at the end of the game that she hands over the bad guys to the police officer and saves her job. Yeah, well, so Denise <laughs> is sitting there at the te- at the desk and she's complaining about reports, and she's like, "I'm afraid I'm going to get fired." And then Tron drops off Lex and Glide, who are on the most wanted list, and her chief comes in. He's like, "I was just on the verge of firing you, but..." Boy, you did a great job. I would like a full report on this situation on my desk tomorrow morning. Or you're fired. And she has no idea how these people showed up. And, and yeah, she's she's screwed. But if you, you can ignore the bank heist missions entirely. And this cutscene will still happen. So it breaks a little bit of the continuity. Uh, let's see... Any other? This is like I said before. The only uh, unlike other Mega Man Legends, this game does not have a difficulty setting. Um, no stage can be revisited once finished, and it's one of the only ones that doesn't. Or it is the only one that doesn't have Mega Man as a playable character in the entire franchise. This uh, game also came with a trial demo version of the then upcoming Rockman Dash Two, which was Mega Man Legends Two. Which forgot to mention, I bought on PSP last week. Found it at the store. Japanese uh, PSP game of Mega Man Legends 2. So the Is that PSP. It's called Rockman Dash in yep. Japan. Really? Yep. Oh, and that's why this I haven't game, heard of it then. This game actually had a demo in Mega Man Legends 2. I'm trying to find what they, what they called it. Um, but yeah, there was a small demo that gave you full access to the free roam area and then I think a couple of the puzzle sections as well Mm. so the japanese title of this game it's interesting it might be based on a philosophical phrase they have over there called gold coins for a cat uh which is pronounced niko ni koban which means the valuable things are useless when given to those who cannot appreciate them so the game doesn't have any references to this but was probably chosen due to koban and kobun having an almost identical phonetic sound because I believe this was what's the Japanese title of it I've got it I had it here all the way to the top scroll up here it is Torun ni Kobun Rakuman Dashu something like very that. good Rakuman yeah so, um, Eric, have any questions? overall are you giving oh. it a hearty pip pip oh yeah yeah I was after 
really thinking about it because I almost pulled this from the list. <laughs> and I'm really glad I didn't. I think this game is very underappreciated. Um, definitely people don't know about it. Well, this is, like I say, I was kind of not really looking forward to it and didn't know anything about it. And I thought it'd be just another shit Mega Man game that you've picked. But What do you mean another shit <laughs> Mega Man game? So easy, Tom. So easy. <laughs> God, ass. Yet another terrible shit Mega Man, Mega Man game, game from the list. Yeah. Chuck it on the pile. Yes. <laughs> But you know what? I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I probably will go back and just polish off the end. You should, if you're if you're that close, you genuinely should. Mm. I don't know why I haven't. I just I think I just couldn't be asked to go on the computer this week. Oh, that's yeah, right. Man. You're emulating. I played it on my uh, totally legitimate PlayStation Classic mm. with the 500 gig hard drive. Because there's no way in Fudge I'm paying 160 quid for a PS1 game. If you can get it for <laughs> 160 bucks and it comes in case, do it. No, I'm not insane. Uh, questions from Facebook, <laughs> facebook.com slash groups. Actually, before that, Tom, from what you played, do you, what'd you think? I actually thought it was uh, a lot better than I thought. It was way more polished than I thought it would be. The problem with these PS1 games. Yeah, but the problem with these PS1 games, you go, you look back on the, the 3D modeling, it's so sketch and like yeah. rough around the edges. And, I was surprised by it. There was a lot going on on screen on some of the more frantic missions I was doing. It wasn't very much slow down. Might be possibly because play- I was playing the NTSC version. I don't know. Um, but it was just like... It was a good game. So Japanese. Very. So very. Japanese. Not in a, I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. Just, you know. Um, I remember seeing it a lot growing up like on the shelf and... Not having a fucking clue what it was. and now, Don't you wish now you would have bought every copy of it that you saw? Well, if it's now worth 500 USD. <laughs> <laughs> but I had the numbers here for how many they they made. I don't remember where that was. Someone but tells was... me that I would have done what I did with every other game when I was a kid, and that was traded it in for the next one. <laughs> What's the next one? <laughs> I need to check my old PS1 games and see what CEX is buying them for right now. <laughs> Yeah. So buying this one for 106 quid, I would have been tempted. Yeah. Think about uh, Facebook.com slash group slash factory seal podcast. We've got some questions here. Jeremy Sanford, if you were able oh, to, what game would you Jeremy change the genre Sanford. of to make it better? And what genre would you change it to? Uh, I would change every game to an RPG or Zelda because that's all <laughs> you we were going to say that, Dan. <laughs> because it makes them longer. Yeah. I would change uh, Sekiro to be like Demon Souls. It is. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then I'd switch it to be like Mega Man. You just turn everything into Mega Man. I would turn everything into Mega Man. Um, Boy, that's a deep question. I feel like I should have put a little bit more brain juice into that one. It's a good one. I, I see, though, an like, my turning things into RPGs does work because Yakuza Like a Dragon is an RPG. Yeah. The rest in the series are not RPGs, and Yakuza Like a Dragon is utterly ridiculous, but it works so well. Yeah, because I wouldn't want to see... You couldn't... Turning, turning an RPG into something else is... Bit, is nah. Imagine Squall in a platformer. I don't know. It kind of worked with Final Fantasy VII Remake a little bit. 
they took it from a JRPG into an action game. And Dissidia is apparently all right as well. I've never played it, but yeah, that's a fighting game, like one v one. I think that'd always be a really cool transition. You could take a lot of games and have uh, Smash style games with it and be have it be fun. Yeah, that's true. I would make Tetris into an RPG. I'm surprised they haven't tried to do that yet. A Pac-Man or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can really personify it, Tetramino. That I, much. But then I again, know, Thomas Tom, was alone is a I game about, about cute. Thomas was alone. Yeah. I've always really wanted, and kind of this is coming with Legends of Arceus or whatever it's called, but I've always wanted an open world Pokemon game. Oh, yeah. You got that with Pokemon Sword and Shield. No, it fucking wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, that's probably my answer. Santos Lopez, uh, Tom, talk to us about the A five hundred Mini. Oh God, um, that's actually pretty cool. The A five hundred Mini because, well, it's a miniature Amiga. It's a little bit pricey. A little bit. Uh, I, I'm being conservative with my language <laughs> it's very but pricey it's a i think it's 129 pounds uh, maybe 200 dollars i i don't it's been a while since i looked at it um i sent it to my brother because he's the only other person that's an amiga person in in uh, <laughs> that's close to me it's basically but, a full-size keyboard as a retro sorry, console 140 us 120 pounds um <sighs> has 25 confirmed well, 25 games, and I think there's only about 10 that have been like fully confirmed. Um, save states, 60 hertz re- screen refresh, built-in CRT filter. But the cool thing about this one is um, the gamepad is awful, unfortunately. But that's that's I think it's from the CD32. I can't remember. Um, but the oh, it it's has not an actual st- keyboard, is it? It has a USB uh, port. I think you can actually. Um, sideload your own games yeah whd which, load yeah which is which is definitely uh definitely a huge plus so for, i'm uh, looking at this thing here is that a functional yeah. keyboard like i'm trying to get a scope of how big this thing is because it comes with a mouse most of the amiga games are just point and click right uh no actually like there's a lot of like action games a lot of it's, it's a very versatile computer i tell you that much so i want like make- is this a functioning keyboard. I, okay, I don't actually know if that is or not because I think it would have to be, but then maybe the maybe that's that why thing would be so big. I know this the C sixty four mini isn't. That wasn't a functioning keyboard. Bye, Dan. That just looked cool. <laughs> um, but it does have a. Uh, it does have a gamepad and a and a and a, a mouse, which is cool. And it's the original mouse too, with the two separate buttons. Oh, those things were so uncomfortable. <laughs> it looks really uncomfortable. It is a product of the seventies, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah. When did this? When did the A five hundred originally come out? Late seventies. No. That no. thing does not look like it was designed in the eighties. No, honestly, it's not that. It's. Because we we were playing this while everyone was playing Super Nintendos and Mega Drives, Genesis. Well, just because you guys are two decades behind everyone. 
No. Oh, wow, it came out in 87. So, yeah, we had the one that came out in 92. We had the A12. We had the 1200. Okay. Huh. Um, but it would play all the games that came out in before. Um, everything came on floppy disks and whatnot. Huge market for it in Europe. It's just very different to, like, North America. We had the big computer market, right? The home computer market was really blowing up in the UK. And whilst it wasn't still... It wasn't the most... I mean, it's not popular in the sense that it wasn't cool to have an Amiga, right? It had great games, had a lot of cool shit, but it wasn't cool. The cool kids had Super Nintendos. It was kind of like <laughs> the kids here who had the Genesis. Just like, oh, right, right. couldn't afford the Super Nintendo there, could you? It was so expensive, though. My brother bought it, the 1200. Um, it was 399 pounds, which in today's money would be a thousand dollars jesus like it was a very powerful you know quote unquote console gaming machine That's we insane. used to make music on it and everything like Little you bleep could program on it huh bleep block loops yeah well no like 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 i'm it wasn't even maybe it was midi but it was a, something between midi and like not Chip midi <laughs> um yeah it had its own like paint programs and I, a friend of mine who was like, his dad was a huge Amiga enthusiast to the point where he wrote for Amiga Power, the magazine, and he wrote, he contributed to Amiga blogs and stuff. He'd done so much modification, so many modifications to his Amiga that it had like internet and stuff like that. Jeez. I was like, like he figured Those it all early out. early days of computing were just the wild west. Yeah, just like hobbyists. And you'd, I, I remember walking into his like dad's office and it had like, he had a, shelves all across the world of like you know like the the big box pc games well the amiga amiga games were the same they came in these big boxes four to six floppy disks some of them depending on how big the game was thick manuals and for the anti-piracy stuff you'd load the game and it would be like um uh pay go to go to page 26 line four word nine what's the word and you have to type it in and that would get you through the piracy wow um or it would be like, which picture, which page does uh, does this um, picture appear in the manual? And you have to f- scour through the manual and find the picture. Which, yeah. you know, shit like that now wouldn't fly because you just <laughs> Google. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like uh, you get kids today uh, putting on Reddit boards things like, guys, I'm playing. Um, I just bought on, on GOG Metal, the original Metal Gear Solid because my dad told me to play it. And I can't get past the bit when President Baker tells us, tells me to contact Merrill on the codec. He says, look at the back Merrill. of the CD case. What the fuck do I do? Yeah. What's a what's CD? A, what's a case? Yeah, what's a case? What's anything? To be fair, that baffled me when I was a kid. Never mind nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> and I had the CD case. Because oh. I, I, I would look through like Solid Snake's items and I was like, there's no CD case in here. <laughs> it's on the back of the CD case. Dan's like, what? <laughs> and then go just scour every available section. Like, God, I surely I missed something. But I borrowed this game from a kid at school, and I don't have a phone to text them with and ask them what it is. <laughs> uh, Santos has one other question. What's the early betting on how much Eric spends at Mo Game Con? One thousand dollars. How much? I thousand. If I come out only spending a thousand, I'll be happy. Oh my God, you have too much money. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say $800. Oh, conservative. <laughs> Very conservative. Right, I'm going to go for $3,000 just to be different. Oof, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. 
That is that is quite a well, bit. You just you worsened your bet, Dan. Yeah. Like now, if he if he spends like fifteen hundred, I've I've won. Yeah, but he's a man of extremes, and he likes to live up to people's expectations. So okay, if yeah, I set yeah. him a high target, he'll probably go for it. We've gone for the two extremes: the low end eight hundred and the high end of three thousand. Good luck, Eric. I think that the average has been twelve, Godspeed. twelve to fifteen each time I've gone. And if that's the average, and you think it's going to be a little bit of a drop this year because of the prices going up, I think eight hundred is a pretty good bid. Either that, or I'm just going to throw all my money into like the dollar to five dollar Game Boy games and just come back with an absolute Please. pillowcase full of just shit Game Boy games. To be quite honest, I think after all the booze and all the mega stuffed Oreos and the lack of sleep, it depends how delirious you are and how much you're willing to part with the money. So there is a chance that it could go either way. It is true. Oh I God. I didn't go last year, so I just rolled last year's budget into this year's budget for it. So <laughs> technically two years worth of MoCon. So yeah, there's, that, there's that factor as well. I don't know. It's going to be gross is what it's going to be, especially if Zach finally convinces me to get a Turbo Graphics. Oh, my God. Zach can several convince people, you to do anything. Several <laughs> people have made the fatal error in our little group chat that we've got going for MoCon of telling us what their budget is. We're like, hmm, noted. Time to spend <laughs> some money for them. We're going to try to get James Hall to buy another Saturn. Sorry, James. His died nine months after he bought it. Oh, okay. Well, if it died, you know. Yeah. Time to get another one. No, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I don't I don't know how much I'll spend. I'm going to bring enough money, but I like I said, I don't know if I want to spend those prices. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Yeah. Well, if you got one, you got the other. I if I see means. a bargain, I've got the tokens. Yeah. Yes. Monty. In reference to the show, cannot wait for this episode. Honestly, despite Eric's distaste for legends, the Bonds are fun antagonists. They're silly, kind of charming, and are all enjoyable characters, which this takes them and makes a fun little puzzle game out of it. It's by no stretch phenomenal, but it has its charms and it is more than enjoyable. I think I might actually give Legends another fair shake again. I'd quite like to try mm. it. Chuck it on the list for some time. Yeah. I have it on N64 as Mega Man 64, so we'll see. Jeremy Keeney. What's that, Tom? Do you have it boxed? No, 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 no. Fair enough. Two questions. Is Eric bummed they didn't complete Legends 3? And if they were to do an open world Breath of the Wild style version of Mega Man, would anybody be excited? Yes, I'm bummed they didn't finish Legends 3 simply because the world needs more Mega Man games, but I'm not bummed because I don't have a personal investment in it. So... I'd like to see them come back, but now that Inafune's left Capcom, I, I think kind of the heart and soul of Mega Man is missing, although they did a great job with Eleven. And mm. regarding open world, they were going to do, was that called Mega Man Universe? And yes. I don't know. I'm still of that mindset where I just, I don't see how Mega Man can transition into the 3D realm and be effective unless they do do it like a third person shooter. Ah, because the stupid bastard can't shoot up, so that's not going to be any fun, is it? Well, that's where they'd need to go into the... I don't know, I think Mega Man Volnet First can. First vertical enemy, screwed, man. I think Volnet can. He's the Mega Man from Legends. So they've gone a thousand years into the future, and they've discovered how to make his arm go like this. Excellent. Perfect. Progress! I think if they... Honestly, I think if they did a Mega Man game in... This kind of ties back to Sanford's question. If you did a Mega Man game in the style of... I know it's 
cliche, but in a style of the Souls series where it's not as dark and gritty, but Mega Man does pride itself on having difficult combat. That third person shooter style, um, kind of like Jedi Fallen Order as well, progressing through the levels like that where you have checkpoints, but mm. if you die, the enemies respawn, go through it like that. I think that could really work. Metroid Vania-esque. No, yes. no, no, because then I'm out. I'm out. Jedi Fallen Order was a Metroid Vania. A 3D it's, one. It's yeah, but that, by that <laughs> logic, so are all of the Souls games. Not really. You don't really get upgrades for traversing. You do on Jedi Fallen Order. Well, maybe that's why I didn't finish it then. And that's just because you're an idiot. <laughs> that's no, that's it. that one. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Got to the bottom of it. <laughs> figured it out <laughs> uh hesley hattie hey guys question one mega man 11 was the last new entry in 2008 what that's wrong 2018 maybe i think that's what he meant well mega man x8 was in 04 in your opinion why are capcom not making more of these games I don't know, but it's a damn shame. They should this should be an annual thing like Call of Duty, just Mega Man next. They should go back to the days of the eighties where it's just boom, nine month development cycle. You know, just shove it into the Mega Man stamping machine. We should have young kids writing in with their ideas on what bosses to have. I mean, surely they have hundreds of thousands of ideas stocked up from right. all of those poor kids who didn't get their idea chosen because they they really you know pulled from the, the cream of the crop when they came up with things like Heat Man and Ice Man <laughs> and Fire Man. <laughs> uh, they just they got Butt Plug Man just waiting in the wings. <laughs> oh, dude, there'd be so many great ones that you could have, like Cat Box Man. Oh yeah, that would be good. <laughs> we had Strike Man in Mega Man Nine, which he's a baseball. Come on. Let's plumb the depths of creativity here. We can put a man on the moon. Surely we can come up. How about millennial man? He's just like, I don't see the point. Dan man just doesn't see the point. Just lets, (laughs) he just walks in the door. Here's my power. Old old man shouting at clouds man. Yeah, can't be bothered. Lake lake man. Yeah, lake man. (laughs) Fist man. Fist man. We'll go with that. Edna man. (laughs) Wake beef man. (laughs) <laughs> oh no <laughs> and Driver man Driver man uh, His second question If there was a 2D Mega Man game Where it's all happening in one big world And you need to travel the uh, tra- Need to travel the boss And get its power in order to advance to the next boss well, backtracking to the next area, would you play it? Basically, I'm describing Metroid, but with Mega Man. No, I wouldn't. I would. Well, wait. <laughs> wait. I would until somebody tells me it's a Metroidvania. Yeah. As, long as, don't, as long as we don't tell them, we'll play them. Right. I'll complain about not liking it, but I won't know why. And be like, but it's a Metroidvania. Oh, out. <laughs> I don't know why you hit them so much. I just, fun. I don't know. I don't. I can't like, get I just, them. God, they bore me to tears. They just... I'm going to try Dead Cells. I, I liked Dead Cells. Hmm. But like That's Hollow Knight... like though. 
Yeah. Hollow Knight no, bored me no. to tears. Uh, Metroid, we played How for the show. How can you not bored- like Hollow Knight? It's so good. No, it, objectively, it's great. I just I couldn't get into Hollow Knight either. My brother loved it. He put like 70 hours into it. Yeah, it's so good, man. Your brother makes when, sense. Uh, I don't know. What's that Silkworm game coming we could, out? We could have a whole show on the pros and cons of a Metroidvania show, but just it's not a genre for me, like a we true can, full-on Metroidvania. I just can't do. Like I'm not excited it. for Metroid Dread at all. No. <laughs> it's like, adventure, game. It's like it. adventure games for me. Nah. Don't get on. You mean like a point-and-click adventures? Yes. Yeah. Which be a side you said there was a sequel thing. to Beneath the Steel Sky. Yes. When yes, did that come beyond out? Beyond the Steel Sky. Yeah, Beyond the Steel Sky came out like last year, I think. Um, oh, can't play it for the show. And I had sequ- it. There's a my... sequel to I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream to call I Have No Mouth and I Must Scran. <laughs> just cramming food <laughs> intravenous drip oh god so yeah unfortunately it wasn't very well re- reviewed yeah. um beyond the steel sky not everything needs a sequel yeah this is especially, true especially about 25 years after the original <laughs> yeah which i hadn't even heard of until we played it it's a shame because the uh the graphics are all uh they remind me of um Tales from the Borderlands and Telltale sort of style, which I always oh. quite liked. Cell shading, Eric's in. Yeah, I'm the in. old cell shading. You know, I'm what in. I mean? Damn it! Ah, we could still play it. It Not does look like Telltale from the Borderlands. No. I loved Beneath the Steel Sky. Loved it. It was really good. Um, Times. I can't remember if I liked it or not. Somebody tell me. I don't think you did. Probably not. I don't even think you played it. I did play it. Yeah, you didn't like it, the old, like, put the magnet on the string and lower it into the vase to retrieve <laughs> the key to unlock the door for the grandfather clock, but you got to wind the hands to 10 to 2 first. And then... on, are, we, are we playing Beyond a Steel Sky or <laughs> uh, Resident Evil here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sick burns to both series. <laughs> I did uh, enjoy Resident Evil, though. I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> At least you get to shoot some zombies. No, it was Silent Hill that I'll never forget, Dan, which is when you said something like, because it was, you did have to wind the hands on a clock to get a key for the school or something like that. And you were like, why wouldn't you just smash it? <laughs> you were so angry about it. <laughs> I wish I could find the clip. Oh. Sounds like me to be fair. <laughs> you were so upset. It was he it just was didn't want to be playing that game. <laughs> no, you were like, that's it. You were like, hmm, some smashing could be in order here rather than this foolish <laughs> this foolish uh, quest of like running around trying to find bits and pieces to try and See, fix Tom, a puzzle. See, Tom, I always try to find the logic in things. Like, if I can take the easy way out, I'm going to do it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spend another minute in this terrifying school full of deformed children. I think some smashing could be in order. <laughs> I smash the window and get out of there. Goodness <laughs> Coming up on the show, watching. we've got... We still have a few other sh- games that... Are, our schedule's a little wonky. We're a couple weeks off. We've kind of flip-flopped with... It's been a wonky year. 
but yeah. uh, there's been some stuff going on, so you'll have to excuse our mess. Um, we still have Dead Rising and System Shock, so which one do we want to do next? Oh, Dead Rising, I think. Yeah, I could I could be down for some Dead Rising. Dead Rising, it is the original Dead Rising, okay. and then we could do the original, uh, which was junky when it came out. <laughs> I still have a game to pick for November, so I will finalize Eric, that. Eric, I've got a challenge for you. For Dead don't Rising. say get all. No, don't tell me to do the seven hundred fifty thousand zombie kills. No, I want you to play it on your CRT. Oh my god! He's <laughs> just dropped. <laughs> I have it on Xbox 360, and I have my 360 composite cables. Just to try it, because I remember the subtitles being atrocious. They were so bad. Oh, yes. Because that's right, yes. you know, that's you right read, when... You can't read it. We were yeah. making the transition from oh. SD to HD. Guys, I didn't even play... I, I My first ever game I bought, with, I got with my 360, was Fallout 3. <laughs> And I played it on a 14-inch CRT, and I couldn't read a goddamn thing. And I just—I've never played that game since. And I only played like two hours of it. Oh Jesus. wow! Don't even know if it's a good game or not. I Is played right? all of Dead Rising <laughs> on my original projector because that one had uh, HD. So I had a—I had a composite to HDMI in, or composite to something, or I don't even remember the conversion. It was this janky. St- connection of cables and converters to get this thing into my projector (laughs) oh the projector had this weird proprietary connection and then it went to component so then i had to get the 360 component cables and then get the the rca couplers to like push them together because it was trying to push mail to mail uh got it got it It i don't expect you to play through all of it i just want you to try it see if it looks as bad as i remember take take a few photos because i'm gonna show up on the next show with big coke bottle glasses and like my eyes all crossed and shit (laughs) it's gonna be great i think i must have played it on my crt and then it must have been that year that i got my hd tv and then i replayed it and 720p yeah that was what i went with for ages I really enjoyed the first one because just the the concept of like I can break into the record store and then I can get a bunch of records and Pick huck them at zombies' up. heads. I always enjoyed <laughs> was, going to the sports shop and getting the tennis racket. It was just very revolutionary at the time. I played it to the extent where I knew where like after beating all the um, psychopaths where their boss weapons were and stuff like that and I could travel around and get all them and then you could pick up certain magazines to increase the longevity of your items and stuff. That was... That's so good. Yeah. I'm, See, I, I'm bought, I bought Dead Rising 4 recently and I completely just didn't play much of it. That's out on PS4 now, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't really like Dead Rising 3 as much. I didn't play 3. 2. 2. We had some fun on 2 doing the we multiplayer. Keep, I kept getting close to buying 2 because it keeps turning up on PSN for like literally £2. Oh, it's really but, good. Frank's big, make sure you get the Frank's big package because it comes with um <laughs> what was the there there was a Frank's big package. They re-released it again on PS3 with some additional content. I think it just comes yeah. with all the DLC. It comes yeah, with this big package. What was that called? Um, Off the record. Yeah. Yeah. You're a journalist, right? I can mm-hmm. I I vaguely remember this game. You're a photojournalist. Yeah, and you want yeah, to see what's going t- on. You're you like, I'm just going to insert of the zombies. Myself. It's hilarious. And you start in a mall, and you just, you're just. I remember this game now. Uh, yeah, I remember it better than I uh, 
the boss battles are a lot of fun. They're very unique. God, it's a dumb game, but I'm looking forward to playing something a bit dumb. Expect to die a lot and save a lot. That is my only advice. Very much. Oh, is it not auto-saved? No. Nope. What is this shit? (laughs) Garbage. (laughs) To be fair, even in auto-save games, I still find myself manually saving quite often because I'm just so used to it. It's just us, like, just, yeah. So that's coming up, but uh, yeah. Once again, don't forget Friday. We're going to be doing a, a live stream with a bunch of the people uh, at, at MoCon. In which case, you're listening to this in the future, in which case it will have already <laughs> happened, so don't listen to that. Thanks, it won't Dan. be live stream. Thank you. Right, lads, I'm <laughs> going to jump, go jump in Moose Jet, so I'll see you later, all right? episode of factory sealed is brought to you by our wonderful patreon sponsors with an extra special thank you to zach folly santos lopez sarah irvine samuel chun jeremy lucas miles prower nicholas bradley jordan lawfrey stephanie richard cutris thomas mcgrew jonathan weaver phil gartside jason mcgill haitani spindash wes rainey sholto mark haddock dalton Suter, colin neblo juliet breslin romano Gus Robin, Hesley Hattie, Elliot Hughes, Aaron Lanning, Brandon Meyer, Greg Plummer, and Johan Vickerborn.